guys and gals and welcome back to the we love horror podcast the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror i am michael and today i am joined by a very special guest and dear friend justin from movie watch daily how are you buddy what is going on i'm doing well man thanks for having me thanks for thanks for coming back um you guys might remember justin from our remakes episode we did our top five uh favorite and least favorite remakes um, and that was a really, really fun episode. I'm I'm really happy I got you on for that one, Justin. So yeah, that was a fun one. We got to talk about a bunch of good and uh, and not so good stuff. So <laughs> it's always fun. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, before we start, Justin, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, um, you can find me on YouTube. I got two channels. I got a channel called The Dead Couch, and I also have a channel called Movie Watch Daily. Uh, Dead Couch primarily centers on like B-movies and physical media, and Movie Watch Daily, I tend to talk about the newer stuff. So uh, I do trailer reactions, uh, movie reviews, streaming reviews, and all that kind of stuff. Just uh, primarily horror, but um, I'll go outside the box. It's not all horror all the time, but it generally falls in the uh, realm of genre films, so thrillers, horrors, and all that good stuff. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I love your YouTube channel. I actually just watched your, uh, VHS, uh, 99 (laughs) video not too long ago. Um, really enjoyed that. I think you guys really should go check uh, Justin out. I think your YouTube channel is amazing. I think you're great. And, uh, yeah, you're just an awesome guy. So, Oh, Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, did you get a chance to watch? I couldn't remember if you said you'd watched VHS 99. Did you get a chance to watch it yet? Um, I did. Uh, and we can, yeah, we could talk about that a little bit later when we get into the things we've watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, welcome. Welcome, Justin. Welcome back to the last and final episode of the Halloween Horror Extravaganza. Um, yeah, it's uh, October is coming to an end, which makes me very sad because yeah. halloween is literally tomorrow so yeah uh this episode will be out on halloween i'm very very excited to put it out and uh yeah it should be should be fun so thank you justin again for for coming on to the last episode of the month so it's exciting yeah, i look forward to talking this is a good movie i mean this is such a classic and i haven't yeah. i actually haven't had a chance to review this uh movie on my channel yet so it'll Ooh. be cool to talk about this one yes maybe you could like maybe you could record an episode of it for your channel tomorrow or something yeah i'm gonna try with the theme or something yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah so now we're gonna get into uh what we've been watching reading listening to so justin do you want to start us off and tell us what you've been listening to watching all that fun stuff yeah um uh i've been listening i do as far as like listening i listen to a lot of horror podcasts uh and i've seen some great stuff this month uh most notably um terrifier 2 was amazing uh i don't know if you've got a chance to see it yet but i have man that, oh my gosh it's now it's going to be streaming as of i think tonight at midnight on screenbox so it's going to be oh. an exclusive to stream uh screenbox but uh watching watching that movie uh 
just grab legs at the theaters going for a limited release for just a couple days. And then every week, the word of mouth, just building it and building it and building it from this little $300,000 movie going all the way to a movie that's made close to, I think like $5 million at the box office. Yeah. It was expanded to 1500 screens this past weekend. So if you have not seen uh terrifier two, I would definitely watch that. And even if you weren't a huge fan of the first one, because even I was a little skeptical going on this, I wasn't the biggest yeah. Terrifier fan. I loved all the gore, obviously, and art is cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, the story was a little lacking and the acting was a little subpar. Um, it was just kind of a standard slasher outside of the amazing, iconic art and the gore. But Terrifier 2 absolutely blew me away. And it might be one of my favorite slashers uh, like of all time. It's, wow. it's, it's, it's that amazing. So definitely do check that out. Um, um, I watched um, uh, VHS 99, which was kind of a disappointment to be honest with you. Cause I was a huge yeah. fan of 94. I like the originals too, but 94 was like probably the best one since the original movie. So when they announced 99, I was super excited um, to see that. And it wasn't horrible, but the segments were very uneven. And as a whole, it just wasn't, it was just a, a kind of a letdown. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, those, those, all great picks, Justin. I I have not gotten to see Terrifier 2 yet, and I really want to because I've just, from everyone I've heard from about this film, they've said nothing but good things about it. So I'm like, yeah. hell yes, I need to see this movie. Um, I also watched VHS 99, mm. and uh, I have to say, I did not like it. Yeah. Not even in the slightest. I there were there were a couple of segments that I thought maybe it was gonna go somewhere good where I was like, okay, maybe like maybe these one or two segments will redeem this movie as a whole, but no, absolutely not. Um, there was one segment that I kind of sort of liked, and I and it was mostly because I thought like the the um practical effects were kind of cool, and it was like the very last one. I think it's the to hell and back segment or whatever. Um, made by the same people that made Deadstream, which I was a big fan of. I watched, I actually watched Deadstream after I watched VHS 99. Mm. And it, VHS 99 put me in such a bad mood. I have to tell you, Justin, I fucking watched VHS 99. And afterward, I was just like, I don't know if you've ever been watched a movie where it just puts you in a shitty mood afterward, where you're like, I cannot fucking believe I spent an hour and a half on this movie. Cannot yeah. believe I wasted almost two hours of my life watching this movie. It gave me a headache. Like it, did it you honest... see? Did you see ninety four? I loved ninety four. Okay, I thought it was I think that's so lot... good. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's why I. I didn't. I think that's why a lot of people are giving this one such a hard time because it was kind of rushed and coming off ninety four, which was so amazing. It is. It's just a disappointment because you want. Yeah. You thought, wow, we're in another era of cool found footage VHS movies after viral and some other shit, and then, the of course, as studios always do, I think this was a shutter thing yeah. they just rushed it and you get a shitty product i mean that but i don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it but there's some really lame segments but there's actually yeah. some segments from some good directors like the uh the water the gawkers the one with the girl that lives across the street yeah. who they put the webcam in there yeah uh, those directors are awesome they did a movie i don't know if you've ever seen the movie patchwork um mm -hmm. yeah. yeah patchwork is really great and it's the same writer director uh writer directors who did that one so uh, wow. I think they just weren't given enough time and resources to to do it. I did like Ozzy's Dungeon, though, the one that was like uh, the throwback Nickelodeon like game show one. I thought that was pretty <laughs> yeah. interesting, but that was the only one that really stood out to me. But I, I thought I thought the um, the dungeon one was cool, too, up until the end. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? 
Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was these segments that I was like really kind of on board for at the start. And then the ending kind of like ruined it for me. Like I was in, I was really into the Gawker segment because I was like, I wonder what's going to happen because, uh, it was a good setup. Yeah, it was a good setup. And then it led to fucking nowhere. And I was just like, Okay. That like Snapchat filter CGI they used at the end. Like I said, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was this this movie gave me a fucking headache. Like the the first segment, the first segment, like I liked the premise of it, but it was too fucking like glitchy and flashy, and it's like okay, we get oh, it. This the is... uh the '90s the '90s rock band one. Yeah, yeah. And I would have liked that cool setup, poor execution. Right. I would have liked that one better if I could fucking see what was going on because it was yeah, just it so was like little... glitch, glitch. Let's mm-hmm. add VCR static in this every five seconds. And it was yeah. just like, just gave me a headache. Um... And there was no wraparound <laughs> story either. It was just that weird, like army, the, the little guy, kid, the kid filming his army men doing the weird shit, which was kind of a, yeah. a kind of a dumb wraparound. Yeah. Cause normally, like, all the VHS movies for the most part have really good wraparound stories. Like the, the, right. the main story that we follow in between these little segments are actually pretty cool. This one was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's important because otherwise it feels like you're just using the aesthetic as a gimmick, as opposed yeah. to like being actually like organically written into the movie. That's what was so cool about the first one is they actually, stu- you know, where the source is coming from, like where the fuck are these tapes coming from? You know, they're coming yeah. from, Oh, this stack of tapes that was found in this creepy house, not just like the new one where you, you I don't, it was just rushed. You can tell it was rushed and they've already yeah. announced 85. So I, I don't know how, I don't know how that's going to go, but I hope yeah. they maybe rethink and say, maybe we need to spend a little bit time because if you're going to make you can make a VHS movie, but if the word of mouth is terrible and the and the reviews are horrible, why is anybody going to be interested in a new string of 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 horror movies? That's what exactly. really bothers me about rushing things into production. If you have an IP and you have a product that people are interested in, you need to treat it with care so that people care when new installments. Otherwise, they just fizzle out into obscurity yep. like some shitty Hellraiser movie or like the 15th. I don't know, whatever, you know, franchise people have forgotten about 10 years yeah. ago. You, you, it's just, it's a, I hate, I hate when they do that. It's just, <laughs> a dis- it's just pisses me off. It, it it pisses me off too. And like, quite frankly, like I think VHS viral was not very good either, but I like, seen it. it's, uh, I mean, there's a couple of segments on VHS viral that are worth your time, but it, that one was pretty weak. And then they, it took them a while to make a new one after that. I don't think 84 came out. God, when did Viral come out? Like six years ago or something like that? Yeah, it was a while. It was, it was a while. spinoff. Oh, that's I've never seen the spinoff. Siren. Even, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, is it good? Did you watch that? I haven't seen it, but it was based oh, okay. on one of the better segments, you know. Ooh, was it the uh, the amateur night one? I like you. Uh, <gasps> yeah, creature. yeah, the amateur night one. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that one's so the good. The very first segment of the entire series. And that yep. just goes back to if you have good segments, you can expand it into spinoff movies but i can't yep. see a single spinoff that you'd want to make off the new one no you know not worth, i'd like not... to see a ratma i'd like to see a ratma full movie yes you know from 94 cool <laughs> or even that that um the the bioengineering like robot that one is so hybrid. fucking cool yeah. yeah and the funeral parlor one is fucking scary too i remember watching that one the first time and i was like oh it freaked yeah, me out a- all about vibes it was like 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 traditional style uh, yeah horror stuff which i dug yeah yeah um 
as far as like other things that I've been list or watching, uh, I mentioned that I watched Deadstream, which was mm. uh directed by two of the people that directed that uh to hell and back segment. I believe that's what mm. that segment is called. Um, and that wasn't obviously my favorite segment. I none of them were really that great but i think out of all of them that one kind of stood out to me the most as far as like some of the practical effects were pretty cool um but uh i watched that right after vhs 99 because i was like i need something to put me back into a good mood and like i don't know what i was expecting this movie i did not expect it to be like a horror comedy um i know nothing about it yeah oh okay nothing about it um i won't get into i won't get into spoiler territory then um but it's (laughs) it's basically about a disgraced youtuber and he Mm. like does this like live stream where he goes into this haunted house where supposedly all this like horrible shit happened and it's just like him streaming like the whole time and when i first started watching it i thought it was like a serious movie like i was like okay like this this is like a serious horror movie okay i'm about to get scared and like as it went on, I was like, oh, okay, I don't think this is and it just gets more and more ridiculous and like it, it was mm. pretty it was pretty entertaining. I liked it a lot. Um I like think a haunting, the, it's like a haunting ghost thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like it's got like its horror comedy elements in it and it's it's actually pretty funny for the most part. Like there were some pretty ridiculous things that happened in it. Uh but <laughs> but yeah, I was just kind of like I was not expecting what I watched at all at first. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then once I realized, once I caught on to the whole, okay, this is supposed to be like really cheesy and really hokey and really, you know, hor- on the, on the side of horror comedy, I was like, okay, I'm into this now. Cause I think at first I went into it thinking it was like a full fledged, like actual horror film. And I was like, uh-huh. why is the acting so bad? Cause like, it starts out with this guy and his acting, like, isn't the greatest. And I'm sitting here like, am I supposed to be scared right now or am I supposed to be laughing? And then, you know, (laughs) so is it a, like a limited series or is it just like a couple, is it an actual like show with multiple seasons? Oh no, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. Oh, it's just a movie. And it's on, for some reason I was thinking, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, uh, you can watch it on shutter. It's, uh, streaming on there right now. Um, okay. But yeah, no, pretty, pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I've been watching, you know, reading, listening to I haven't been reading very much i never do yeah but <laughs> um but uh justin without further ado would you like to get into the we love horror question round let's do it kind of a fun little fun little icebreaker slash game that i always play with my guests before we come on um but uh yeah would you like to start with your question i have a question for you <laughs> okay. when you go back to your when you go back to your childhood Okay, when you were just a wee little kid mm-hmm. and you were and things still scared you and you oh. could still watch something and uh, have nightmares about it or have to run to your parents' bedroom. Do you remember <laughs> the first spooky thing, whether it was a movie, TV show uh, or anything like that, that literally scared you where you had to uh, cover your eyes or turn it off or it made you cry? Something like the first <laughs> thing that truly terrified you that stuck with you that you still remember today. I have a few of those and a couple of them are kind of silly because they're not even like, like super. Well, I guess the, these shows are kind of scary in certain aspects, but like I could not, when I was like a young kid, I could not listen to the theme song, song of the X-Files. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't even the visuals. It was the music, the, the, the music of that show scared me. Um, the, are you afraid of the dark intro scared the shit out of me? Hell yeah. Um, uh, the first thing that I like 
really saw one of the first things I can remember from like earliest memory that I saw. And it was when my dad used to watch a bunch of horror films on TV, Zelda from fucking Pet Cemetery. 100%. That's one of mine. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Scared the ever loving shit out of me. Yeah. That, <laughs> it was. That... I had a buddy who uh, who knew I was kind of um, uh, had a penchant for being kind of scared when I was, I mean, we're talking when I was like seven or eight years old, I always used to spend the night at his house and he knew that scene was going to freak me out and I had never <laughs> seen it before. So he's like, Hey, Justin, come here, watch this. It's just, you know, this funny, you know, oh, character in this movie. An and I'm ass. like, what? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. And it's, I think that was, that's one that's like so universal with horror fans that scared people forever so yeah. yeah that's it those are some good ones and the opening the theme song to are you afraid of the dark was so good oh. the little like it's a real quick intro with that eerie theme uh it was so good man snick man uh, uh, nickelodeon back in the day was so was so good it was oh also another one that's coming to my mind is the scene from the omen where she's like damien this is all for you and then she hangs herself from the fucking is that the one where she jumps out of the yes. building or whatever i've never seen that movie but i've seen that scene so many times uh that scene scarred me as a child as well so <laughs> i need I to couldn't... pick up that box set from screen factory put out a box set of all those movies i need and i've never seen any of them i need to watch them yeah oh and one more silly one uh that's that episode of rugrats when they think that uh stew is a robot i faintly remember that one back in I... the day Mm-mm. that episode <laughs> i was convinced my dad was a robot for like <laughs> probably oh, months after seeing that episode i i was like questioning my dad i was like because <laughs> that's scared, it scared the shit out of me um but yeah the one thing just... the, the the one the first thing that i can remember um watching that scared me was actually the movie legend i remember i used to oh. sneak up in the i'd get up in the middle of the night and watch tv when my parents were asleep yeah and uh i made a mistake and watched legend and the there's a i mean there's many scenes with tim curry but one scene i don't remember which one it was with tim curry probably towards the end when it starts getting really crazy with all the fl- like the fire and flames and stuff i got yeah. scared and i had to go in my parents bedroom wake them up and uh i was just like i watched this thing it scared me i can't go to bed <laughs> and they're like jesus justin <laughs> yeah no that was a great question that was that was a fun question. I love answering that question because, yeah, okay, there are just good. so many. Like looking back at my childhood, there were so many things that like I was terrified of. I'm yeah. surprised I'm like such a lover of horror like I am now because because <laughs> it's fun to be scared. That's what the whole point is. It gives you that rush of adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. So my question to you, Justin, is what are your you know top five go to films to watch during the Halloween season? Like, what films do you usually bust out? and watch i'm the type i'm a creature of habit so i like to watch i generally will watch the same type of things luckily the movie we're talking about today trick or treat is definitely one that i will watch uh every single year um if i'm going back and i'm watching i like a lot of uh goofy type of stuff so um a movie that i will go back to i will watch trick or treat i will watch uh I like I like the movies that feel very fall, a lot of autumn, the dreary yeah. fall feel with leaves and things like that. So I talk about this movie a lot. I know a lot of people don't like it. Uh, Pet Cemetery 2 is one of my all-time go-tos because I yeah. think it's one of those rare Halloween movies that has that actual Halloween feel. So Trick or Treat, Halloween 2. Um, another one I really love to watch that I watch several times a year is Dead Alive. Um, it's just it's so fun and goofy and all the practical effects are so like spooky and 
uh, hilarious. I think it has a great Halloween feel. The original Halloween, of course, obviously, uh, is one that you can. I mean, it's just kind of a just a. It's like a staple. <laughs> it's like a staple. It's generic, but it's just so good. And I'll tell you one thing that I I'm going to try to get to watch. Um, and this is another anthology movie that's super highly underrated nobody talks about it when it came out it did very well um, but clancy brown is in it i forget the name of the director but there's an anthology movie called the mortuary collection yeah um, i don't know if you or any of your listeners have ever seen it but it is very I, when i reviewed it um i can i described it as the best um the best anthology since trick-or-treat um, and we can get into this when we talk more about Trick or Treat, which yeah. is what, what I think makes Trick or Treat so well. Um, it's the same director doing every segment. It's his vision all the way through. Yeah. Um, so those are some staples. Trick or Treat, uh, Dead Alive, Pet Cemetery 2, Halloween, and uh, The Mortuary Collection. All right. So, Justin, are you ready to talk about the film we're talking about today? Absolutely. I'm ready. All right. And that film is Trick or Treat from 2007. Some people say it was from 2009 because that's kind of when it actually did come out because there's this, this film had very complicated uh, release issues uh, when it first <laughs> when it was supposed to come out. It had a lot of issues. Uh, we'll get into that a sec in a second. But the IMDb rating is a 6.7 out of 10, which personally I think is a little low for this film. I think it should be more like 7.58 territory. In my my humble opinion, <laughs> I believe it should be higher. Um, but the synopsis is five interwoven stories that occur on the same block on the same night. A couple of friends a couple finds out what happens when they blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. A high school principal has a deadly secret. A college virgin virgin might have met the right guy for her. A group of mean teens play a prank that they take too far. And a hermit is visited by a special trick-or-treater. Uh, and this was written and directed by Michael Dottery. Dottery? Dottery? I'm going to say Dottery. Doherty, yeah, Doherty. I can't say that word for some reason today. It's fine. Uh, and he's known for uh, Dead Time Stories. Uh, he also wrote Krampus, uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, and uh, Trick or Treat 2, which is in production right now, which I'm super excited about. I know, crossing my fingers on that one as well. Um, and he also uh, did X-Men Apocalypse. And uh, this film stars Anna Paquin as Lori. And uh, she's in She's All That, the X-Men franchise, Darkness, Scream 4, 81 episodes of True Blood, and nine episodes of A Friend in the Family. She's in a lot more than that. But, you know, if I put down everything that everybody in this movie is in, it would take forever. So <laughs> uh, Brian Cox is Mr. Krieg, and he's in Braveheart, Super Troopers 1 and 2. Uh, he's also in the Bourne, the Jason Bourne films. Uh, the Ring, Red Eye, Zodiac, and The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is a fantastic movie. I enjoy it. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, Justin. Have you seen The Autopsy of Jane Doe? I liked it. Um, I didn't love it quite as much as everybody else. I, I think at the end it ended a little weaker than the the rest of the movie that preceded it. But yeah, um, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. I I didn't get the hype the first time I watched it. I was kind of like, okay, this was good, but it wasn't as good as everybody's saying it is. And then I watched it again pretty recently, and I was like, okay, this is not this is not bad. I will agree that the ending is a little meh. It yeah. it, it 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 doesn't uh, the lead up to it doesn't deliver. I guess right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, good atmosphere so. though. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, then we have Dylan Baker as Steven. He's in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Along Came a Spider, The Cell, Spider-Man 2 and 3, and Revolutionary Road. Uh, Leslie Bibb is Emma, and she's in 14 episodes of Crossing Jordan. Uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Iron Man 1 and 2, The Midnight Meat Train, The Babysitter 1 and 2, Flight 7500, and two episodes of The Following, which is such a good fucking show. Such Never a good show. It was uh, written by Kevin Williamson, so. Oh, no shit. Okay. And it has Jason, <laughs> it has uh, Kevin Bacon in it. It's so oh, wow. good. It's I really. To, I don't know how that one slipped by me. It's really good. Um, I believe it only has three seasons, and the way they left on season three is definitely kind of a disappointment because it left on mm. a cliffhanger, and then the show got canceled. So it not sucks. sure if we're ever going to get that again, but. <laughs> But uh, Rochelle Eitz as Maria, and she's in White Chicks, uh, 10 episodes of Criminal Minds, and 10 episodes of the Purge TV series. Uh, Lauren Lee Smith is Danielle, and she's in 20 episodes of The L Word, 44 episodes of Mutant X, If I Stay, and The Shape of Water. And then I have one more uh, kind of special little shout out to Quinn Lord, and he plays Sam. So, oh, and he also plays, fun fact, he also plays the little kid. Uh, that is uh, peeping in on the girls <laughs> during the changing room scene. He mm. also plays Sam in this film. So, but uh, yeah. And so now we're in the fun facts section. So I'm just going to run through these really quick. Most of the jack-o'-lanterns were made out of either foam or ceramic. An onset joke was that no pumpkins were harmed during the making of this movie. <laughs> just Gotta have that. Right. Uh, there were 18 drafts of the script and one theme that crept in along the way is the idea that each of the stories represents a different stage of a person's experience with Halloween. The first, the first story with Dylan Baker and his son is how is about how you're introduced to the holiday. The second one with the kids is you and your friends roaming around without parents for the first time. The one with uh, Anna Paquin and her friends is Halloween in your 20s when it's about sex. And the final story with Brian Cox is Halloween in your twilight years. It's the Scrooge of Halloween. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, I That's still kind of see yeah. that. Yeah, that it, now that you now that you spelled out the themes like that, they are definitely defined into those into those eras of your life. I never really put those put those pieces together. That's awesome. Yeah, but like now that you now that well, you know that when you watch the movie, you're like, okay, I can kind of see that. Yeah, that's a really cool framing device for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the performers under the masks playing the kids on the school bus all have real disabilities or injuries, and they apparently had a plot had a blast during the shoot their costumes were inspired by a mix of photos from Mal from ralph meatyard and diane arbus capturing real mentally disabled children on halloween in their ho own homemade costumes which is pretty cool those when you go back and look at if you like google those old timey halloween stuff that's exactly what they look like terrifying man because they're like homemade there's something eerie about them they don't look like mass produced no bullshit you find it like spirit halloween or something that's they're super super creepy you look yeah like i'm like i don't know what it was like in like the early like 20th century but those costumes are fucking scary mm -hmm. <laughs> like the black and white photos of just who nope the, the paper mache masks that just look oh i don't like yeah it. they're terrifying yeah um characters from each story are frequently seen in the background of stories they are not involved with this is to help piece together the chronological chronology of the movie jesus christ i cannot talk today justin i apologize <laughs> i've got that mush mouth thing going on today you know it's all good i love the aspect of that though that that's what's so perfect about and i'm sure we'll get into this further but 
that's what makes this movie so unique is there's mm -hmm. it, every scene, the whole thing, like you said, just flows so perfectly with characters popping in and out. Yeah. It gives it that nice continuity that uh, just makes it special. It's really cool. And it's really fun because it's one of those films that you can like go back and watch multiple times and you can pick up on things. You're like, oh, I didn't notice that that yeah. character was in the background of this one. Or mm -hmm. I didn't know that that, you know, it was, it's just such a cool, such a cool film. I really is like the way That's... that they did it is masterful testament to mike doherty man oh for sure um okay so here's the fact about like the whole production process of it which was apparently a nightmare uh the film was originally slated to be released in october of 2007 for a halloween release warner brother warner brothers without explanation or reason pulled the film from the schedule and no rescheduled date was announced one reason might have been that saw six uh saw five or saw six i think it's saw six was slated for release around the same time and warner brothers did not want to compete against it for in fears of a big opening against them another possible reason the film was buried by the studio was that it was possible fallout from the box office disappointment of superman returns which was co-written by trick-or-treat writer slash director michael dotary and both produced and directed by Brian Singer, whose production company produced this film. There was brief talk that the film would finally be released around Halloween 2008 and possibly early 2009, but neither release ever materialized. The film was finally released straight to DVD in October of 2009, which is such a testament as to why it was so underrated at the time. Like, mm -hmm. people didn't even know that this movie existed at the time, and it was like a film that, like has only gained popularity in like the last like i think like six or seven years now all of a sudden yeah. sam is like a trick-or-treat staple <laughs> on mm -hmm. halloween like i have my next door neighbors have a sam like a big life-size sam i got him right i got him right back yep. there and i, I got, got him on, on my now. shelf up here so <laughs> <laughs> is but, that the uh, one where he's at the spirit halloween where he's holding the pumpkin yep. thing yeah that one's really cool where he's sitting on it yeah um yep. yeah so i don't know like it's 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 kind of sad that this film didn't get more of a I don't know, a wide release when it was first made. Cause I just feel like this is such a good fucking movie. And also if that is true, the fact that the studio, you know, buried this movie because of the fallout from another movie and they're kind of blaming Michael Dotary and Brian Singer for it. It's kind of like, yeah, that doesn't okay. make any sense. Those are completely different genre of, yeah. of film and the filmmaking quality. As I was watching this again, like every shot is so meticulously thought out. Um, yeah, and it 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 looks like a theatrical movie. It was shot on thirty five millimeter. It looks beautiful, yeah. and the quality of filmmake just doesn't seem like a straight to a straight to DVD DVD type thing. But one thing that maybe I guess if you want to look at it as a positive, it does kind of add to the like the cult status of it being that it never That's got true. a theatrical release. It was just straight to DVD and it kind of found its way through the fans, through the word of mouth. And that's how it, you know, got to where it is today. So yeah, that's just a classic, it's a classic cult following situation, you know? And I mean, I think it definitely more than deserves the recognition that it gets now uh, because it's just, uh, it's like, honestly, such a good film. It's like in, in my top five like films to watch on Halloween, I think uh, my last episode that I did with the horror dads, shout out to them. Um, it, I mentioned trick or treat on that list of films to watch on Halloween. It's just, it's one of those films. that's just so fucking good. And it really puts you in the, the holiday spirit. Like Halloween, Halloween is obviously a staple, but I feel like this movie just feels so much like Halloween, everything, mm -hmm. everything about it. Um, it's just such an amazing film. 
But uh, uh, this film also won the 2009 Fright Meter Award for Best Horror Film. So Lisa got that. That's good. I also believe I also believe that Michael Dotery won uh, Best Director as well Mm. at that same thing. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well deserved. Yeah. Uh, another little fun fact here is uh, there's a voice cameo from James Mardson at 59 minutes on the TV talking about the history of Halloween candy, which is cool. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I love that guy. That guy's funny, man. He's a great I actor. I he didn't is. know that was him. I didn't either. For like, I, Until I looked up this film and did the research on it, I had no idea that that was him. I was like, that's, oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, C. Ernst Harth has a cameo as Laurie's Blind Date, the giant baby, and 13 Ghosts from 2001. He also played a ghost called The Great Child, also a giant baby. Both films are Warner Brothers releases. It's a thing for playing giant babies, I guess, huh? <laughs> I guess so. Typecast, right? <laughs> yeah, damn. All right. <laughs> uh, the werewolf transformation by the campfire is a nod to the howling from 1981, which I can totally see that because that's kind of what the werewolves look like in this film is yeah. like exactly what that werewolf looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last fact I hear that I have here is when the girls are buying their costumes, Danielle tells her date to meet them at Sheep's Meadow. This foreshadows their later reveal as werewolves as it plays off the idiom of wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, that's awesome. I don't think I ever picked up on that either. Yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. It's a fun little, uh, you know, uh, subtle, subtle reference of things to come, I think. Like, and just great writing. It just all the details. It's everything is so highly detailed and dense and in the <sighs> best way. It's so cool. So good. Um, but yeah, those are all the fun facts I have. I might have some more as we go on, but yeah. Yeah, those are some good ones. A, a few of those I didn't even, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there were a lot of good ones. And that's the kind of shitty thing about having so many good fun facts is you kind of have to pick and choose which ones you've used. Cause like, if I used the whole entire page, we'd be here all day. <laughs> yeah. And then, was... there's so much, there's, there's so much lore with this movie that it, because it's gotten so popular that there's just a lot of information out there. The yeah. uh, Scream Factory release um, has uh, a bunch of great special features on it too. I don't know if you picked that up, but uh, yeah, it still hasn't gotten the 4k release, but the Blu-ray release has some great, great special features on it. It does. It does. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have the, Oh, I'm looking at it right now. I have the, um, the steel book edition of it. I got it. From I didn't Best pick Buy. that one up. That's so yeah. cool. I have. Uh, I was. I pulled this because I was gonna. I'm working on putting together, you know, a sweet little Instagram photo of all my trick or treat stuff. But I actually, you can't, this isn't. This isn't good for the listeners. But I'm holding up a <laughs> Katie Video orange VHS tape, uh, which is really really cool. V, uh, Katie Video puts out a bunch of um, really cool um, retro VHS for modern movies, and she put out a really cool edition with that. So that's one of the prize collections. Yes. Not to mention all the cool stuff from Spirit Halloween. Oh, I know. I love All the cover the of that. This. Yeah, it's really cool. She uh, she's an amazing. Have, are, do you follow her on Instagram? I don't, but I'm going to after Katie seeing that. Video. I I have a bunch of stuff. I have Drive, um, Doctor Sleep, but mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's great. But yeah, yeah I'll tr- have to check her out. Yeah, this right. movie came out when I was working uh, back in the day. I worked at um, Blockbuster. And I remember this movie coming out and I hadn't heard of it, of course. And I'm not even sure if I watched it when it first came out, but I remember, I remember seeing it and it didn't really make that big of a splash when it, when it came out. It should have though. Yeah, it should have. But you know, like you said, it's, it's kind of nice that I feel like it almost got the same, not quite the same treatment as Jennifer's body, but like 
it definitely kind of falls in the same vein as that film where it was like very um underrated when it first came out like with jennifer's body people just hated it because of the marketing with this one it just kind of got swept under the rug because it didn't get a theatrical release so it's like kind of the same situation but different in a sense as now these both of these films jennifer's body and trick-or-treat are both like cult classics and now everybody's jumping onto that like train of yeah i love jennifer's body or i love trick or i've been talking about that movie since it's i've loved that movie since the first time i saw it i've been championing that movie since back in the day i can't say i was that cool with trick or treat i only i probably watched it a couple years after it was released but yeah Yeah. there's a reason (laughs) for the cult following for sure oh for sure um but yeah without further ado let's get into the 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 meat and potatoes of it let's get into like the the whole uh movie in itself so i like i love how this film starts because this film starts with you know the voice saying you know there are some rules that you should follow it's very old school like sounding radio voice and uh it's like you know never go to a house never go to a stranger's house never you know walk around by yourself stuff like that and then it gets into like this really amazing opening scene with emma and emma and henry and it's the thing that's cool about the scene is like you'll see you'll see it later towards the end of the film is that you like see a a, a wagon being pulled by somebody but you don't see who it is mm-hmm. and then like this wagon goes to cross the street and almost you know collides with a car so the car stops you hear a bunch of girls like laughing and giggling and then the car keeps going and then you see um Emma and Henry walking down the street and Emma's like in this fucking robot costume, this mm. big like cardboard robot costume. And Henry's what dressed up as like a knight or something. Yeah. And mm. uh, I have to say, Emma's kind of a fucking buzzkill. She's like, she's so, you know, for someone who hates Halloween, cause she, she even says it in the film. She's like, I hate Halloween. Their her entire fucking house is like completely decorated. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a conflict of interest there. <laughs> yeah, but she's such a buzzkill because she gets to the, you know, she gets to the front of the house and she's like, yeah, this was great, honey. I wish every day was Halloween. And she's just being such a bitch and just like, girl, calm your tits. <laughs> like, geez. And just wait till tomorrow to take down the shit. You don't got to do it in the middle of the night. Right? Because, <laughs> yeah, because they go up to, they go up to go inside and he's like, you know, let's go, you know, have some fun because he's, yeah. She takes she takes off the robot costume and she's wearing like a you know one of those like juicy couture track suit right. type things underneath. Where it's so like two thousand. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, you know, he's like looking her up and down and she's like, what? And he's like, let's go inside. And she's like, no, we gotta clean this up. And he's like, we'll do it tomorrow. And she's like, no, you'll sleep in until t- <laughs> five, and then my mom's gonna get here and she's gonna have a heart attack because this place looks like a fucking crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween. I mean, come on. Right. And then, and then, you know, you can tell he's kind of like annoyed and pissed off. So she turns to him and she's like, go put on the tape. <laughs> yeah. So good. She like gives in like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So then he goes inside and I love the, I love, I, I wrote this down in my notes. I put nature special in quotes. Cause it's just so <laughs> fucking funny. He puts this little tape in the VCR and it says nature special special on it. And so while he's watching that, she's uh, outside tearing down the decorations I also have to say the score of this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Specifically, this scene is, oh, the music is so good. But she's, you know, tearing down the decorations. There's like fake legs and arms dangling from like trees and ghosts on like those little, you know, post things. And uh, she sees like that. I love this like trick 
where she sees this guy standing across the street, like who's seemingly watching her in like a, a mask. And she's all creeped out, but then, you know, fake out. It's just him waiting for his friends to pick him up. So then she's like, okay, whatever. And I love the way they did this part because she goes to like throw the sheet inside of a box and all of a sudden the sheet just like flies up and mm-hmm. goes over. And the uh, whole opening scene is so incredible, isn't it? Oh, so fucking amazing. Leading um, to that amazing practical effect with that thing shoved in her nose or her, her nose, her mouth. <laughs> yes. So yeah. good. Uh, so then like Henry, you know, so I'm confused. Did he even like jerk off? Cause it's, he's just like literally like laying on the bed, still in his costume as this yeah. like video was going and it's like he's I th- you think he was just like getting ready or something or he fell asleep i can't even remember <laughs> at this point must have had a very long night apparently they cause... had a weird a weird routine apparently apparently yeah um <laughs> but that was something that i wrote in my notes too i was like did he even jerk off because he just like cuts to him and he's like sleeping on the bed yeah and uh so then it cuts back to her and she's like getting attacked by something underneath the sheet and you see like these three trick-or-treaters walking up to like the by the fence and uh she like falls to the on to the sidewalk in front of him and then he like whoever it is under the sheet which is sam he like takes a sucker which is like half eaten and like slits her throat with it which is super cool hell yeah really creative uh uh-huh because then you just see like the the sheet like covered in blood and oh here's another fun fact that i didn't add that i can add into this they actually boiled like the fake blood beforehand so it would steam like that because like he when he's dragging her back into like the yard you see like the the blood oh, like steaming. that's right yeah so they actually boiled the blood beforehand and then yeah so then that gives it like the steam effect which is pretty which is a really good detail because i feel like it would be really cold so that would happen yeah and they probably well most people wouldn't even think to add something like that and if they did it would be some like shitty cgi steam or something <laughs> yeah so yeah. yeah so sam drags her back into the yard and uh that's when uh henry wakes up and he goes outside and i love how you see like the the fake arms and the legs hanging up but they're not fake arms and legs this yeah. time they're at and he fucking sam fucked her up yeah <laughs> he Just was not remembered her he was not happy about her blowing out that jack-o'-lantern because that was something that all pretty quickly in the the span of like a minute or two but yeah it was it's such a good and it's even though it's kind of even though like obviously most of it's off screen it's still really effective because of the way like they use the dutch angles and rotate the camera to Mm -hmm. show all the different all the different um little pieces of gore and stuff which was a nice touch yeah well, and I, f- I forgot one little detail because at the at the beginning when they get to the house, uh, he's telling her not to blow out the the candle on the jack-o'-lantern. And she, he's like, why? She's like, why? And he's like, tradition. And she's like, honey, it's Halloween, not Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just like blows it out. And then you see like a POV shot of somebody watching them from across the street. And it very, very much reminded me of Halloween, which I love mm-hmm. the little homage to that. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Sam fucked her up because he was not happy about her blowing out that hell no jack-o'-lantern he was like fuck you bitch you're dead now (laughs) and it's kind of cool at the beginning they do they they spell out those rules because you really don't need a big setup for a movie like this just give us a couple simple rules yep and just let it play out you know let sam do his thing exactly and i also kind of like how the the jack-o'-lanterns in a sense almost like mean protection for all of these characters in this movie Mm -hmm. because in the school bus massacre scene like they're they're talking about like the how the pumpkins will protect you like the jack-o'-lanterns will protect you kind of thing which i thought was kind of a cool theme um 
so yeah, he goes outside. He, you know, sees these like arms and legs hanging up and you can tell it's hers. Cause like, you can see her wedding ring on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then one of the, the, the ghost under the sheet lights up. And so he like pulls the sheet down and it's fucking her head, like stuck to one of the posts and she's got like the big ass sucker shoved in her mouth, which is so cool. Yeah. It's such a, like an iconic moment, man. Such <sighs> a good shot. And then we get into this like really cool fucking like comic book opening title sequence. It's very much like showing the events of like what are what's gonna happen in the film. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Not enough. I like I like a little when a move when a when they do like the animated they used to do that a lot in the nineties and stuff yeah. in the early two thousands with the like the animated making the credit sequences some like something, you know, every little bit every time you can have the opportunity to be creative or make something visually interesting. Yeah. Um Dory does it in this one. I love that that comic stuff was very like spider-man-ish like when yeah. the, when uh uh sam raimi's like spider-man movies came out that's kind of what it mm-hmm. reminded me of and even yeah. some of the music kind of were very re- much reminded me of the spider-man music in a sense very like, whimsical and kind mm-hmm. of almost not it's dark but it's like almost cheery in a way like in a strange really strange way and they actually yeah. continued this movie in uh, a series of uh, comic books too from what i from what i heard I know I'm going to have, I want to, I want to check those comic books out too. Cause I bet they're yeah. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever did the storyboard art, like for this opening title sequence should win an award. Cause it's so yeah. good. It's awesome. But uh, yeah. So after that title sequence, we get like this little title card that says earlier. So this is going back in time to the events before the opening scene happened. Uh, and you see like this big parade, which I guess is like an actual parade they throw every year. Like, I guess this is like something that this town does. Um, and I believe they filmed this in Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And I believe like the town that they filmed this film in, they actually do do like a huge parade like this, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. awesome. That'd which I'd cool. love to go to. I'm like, Marty, oh, yeah. Gra- Mardi Gras on Halloween? Hell yeah. I'm, un- yeah, I'm all for it. Awesome. But yeah. yeah it looks then, like a good time. Oh, for sure. Um, and I love this costume trying scene, like the, the when they're trying on their costumes, because uh, this is when we meet Lori, Danielle, Maria, and Janet. Mm-hmm. and uh i like how they kind of um pay homage to halloween in this scene as well not just with i mean the obvious name of lori which is definitely a nod to jamie lee character jamie lee curtis's character in halloween but the girls all kind of treat lori like they do in halloween as well where they're kind a of goody, make- goody two shoes girl yeah and they're poking fun at her for still being in her 20s and being a virgin and shit like that mm-hmm. and um but I also like how they're all like dressed up in like various like different princess kind of outfits because uh, Danielle's dressed up as Cinderella. Um, you get Maria and she's dressed up as Snow White, and then the other girls dressed up as like Bo Peep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and all the innocent—they're like the like the slutty party girls, but they're all like <laughs> playing innocent and shit. They're tits which, hanging out, which I love, and I love how the little <laughs> I love how the little kid is like looking through the people and. You just see the, like the uh, shots of like her boobs, like a shit, not oh, like yeah. her actual boobs, but like you know her cleavage. She's like putting it on, and um, I love how the mom is blaming the women for this. Like she bang because she pulls the kid <laughs> away and she like bangs on the door and she's like, "Ladies, there are children out here," and it's like maybe you should but be he's scolding. Spying. Yeah, maybe you should be scolding your child for that. Not yeah, no blaming... shit. <laughs> are we blaming women here? Are we still slut shaming women? <laughs> Seriously, it's like damn girl, but uh. So they all come out and they're like really, and I have to say their costumes are really like really cute. I like them. I like oh, yeah, costumes the costumes a lot. The, yeah, the costumes all across the board look really like really great. The costume design in general is great, and they do. Yeah, they look good. 
Oh, for sure. And then they're trying to get Lori to come out. She's like, I'm not coming out. She's like, come out or I'll huff and I'll puff, which is just like so many fun little like references to events to come. But she obviously, of course, comes out as Little Red Riding Hood. And she's yeah. in her little... And she looks awesome. Anna Pack Anna Paquin's great with her little pigtails and her outfit and stuff. She's really, really she's great, man. Oh, she she was the perfect, like they casted her perfectly for this role specifically mm-hmm. because she gives off like that very innocent yeah. vibe, which is which is a nice contrast to the scene later on when she looks very sexy and very like, oh, it's like, mm-hmm. why didn't you do girl? Why didn't you just wear what you had underneath the cape? You would have found yeah. a man in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah well, that's it, that's her whole thing she's really not she's i mean i guess she's not really like that until she you know kind of makes her transformation and stuff the, the juxtaposition true. of the innocent to being you know a beast in a way <laughs> is is kind of cool very true um and then this this line gets me every fucking time because they're at the checkout counter and the the guy that's checking them out he's like 233 30d <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i mean 234 uh, uh, uh. <laughs> i mean they have their their, their yeah the costumes are so sexy it's like how could you not i would probably trip on my words too right and so she you know danielle invites him to a halloween party she's like you know where sheep's meadow and he is and he's like of course and she's like we'll meet us there in an hour and he's like okay and all the other girls, like as they're leaving, they're like waving bye to them. They're like bye. <laughs> it's so and, funny. And, and at some at some points in here, you start to notice. Uh, we see. Um, didn't we already get a glimpse of? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming I, this isn't a spoiler. We're talking about the whole movie, but you see the principal in his little vampire getup making his way through the thing too. But you don't know who yep. it is yet. Yep. Yeah, which is kind of cool. It's really cool because, and then when like uh, they do like the shot of the kid dragging his bag of candy throughout the the town and you get that shot of the principal watching him as he's walking by yeah 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 so and then perfect segue to that because then we get the next scene with that with that fucking kid and he reminds me so much of augustus gloop from <laughs> willy wonka and the chocolate factory wonka. yep he's such like, a was was he the kid from was it the kid from the sandwich kid from uh bad santa like oh. why are you always making fucking sandwiches i think you know it's what he might have been yeah, yeah oh that i didn't even notice that yeah i think it's the same i think it's the same kid that poor guy (laughs) (laughs) always typecasted yeah type but he's perfect he's good in this role man i even wrote some people's fucking children man like yeah because he's going through the neighborhoods like there's always smashing all the pumpkins and just being a little shithead he's a little asshole yeah Yeah. because like he deserves uh, what he got god damn it oh he definitely does (laughs) So he goes up to he goes up to the principal's uh principal Wilkins house and he sees that like the candy's on the on the porch and it says uh not at home right now please just take one and of course being the little shithead that he is he dump he goes to dump the whole fucking thing in his bag and that's yeah. when principal Wilkins walks up and he's like oh Charlie what are you doing and he's like don't waste this on a good lie <laughs> don't waste this on a over don't waste this lie on candy or whatever yeah. And he's like, why don't you sit down? And the kid's like, oh, no, I have to go. And he's like, no, seriously, sit down. <laughs> yeah, he's mean. His his perform. What's that guy? What's that actor's name? Um, fuck, I can't remember it now. He's so good, man. And so he goddamn is. creepy. And you can tell like he loves playing this role. He chews the scenery in yeah. uh, in every the first thing I saw him in ever back in the day was the John Candy movie. Um, I think it was called Delirious or who's harry crumb one of those other movies and he plays this guy 
Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. He grows the big tumor in his neck and he starts losing his, oh, he's, he's such a talented actor and he just goes for it all the yeah. way. He just dumps himself into the role and he is so good as the principal. And this scene is so fucking disgusting with all the chocolate and stuff. I'll let you tell oh. the, tell the tale though. You're <laughs> well, setting the table. Well, and it's funny that you bring that up with him because that's exactly why he was casted for this role is because he gives off like that charming vibe, but he's also very creepy. Right. Like, and so like uh, they casted him specifically for this role because of like the way he plays off that very charming one minute. He can be very charming and the next minute he can be very like, you know, uh, evil and scary. And yeah, yeah, I just love it. I think he plays it perfectly. Um but uh, so after that, it co- it goes back for a second to the girls walking down the street. And this is the part where they're teasing Lori about being a virgin still and all this stuff. And Danielle's Danielle's like, don't listen to them. And uh, <laughs> the then uh, the two other girls go up to um, a, a news van with a with a couple of guys that are like loading equipment. And she's like, wow, you've got some big equipment there. <laughs> The classic, it's almost like 80s style, like overt dialogue. I love it. Yeah. So then they invite the they invite the two news guys that are in the van to go out with them as well. And then that's when they leave Lori at the parade by herself to find someone, you know, find a date. And uh, so after that, it cuts back to Principal Wilkins and Charlie. They're sitting on the front porch and uh, Wilkins is like carving a jack-o'-lantern. He's like the whole time he's kind of like talking about how his dad taught him about the meaning of halloween and how we should also mm-hmm. always respect the the spirits and because this is the one night where they can roam free and yeah. shit like that and While uh, violently just hacking that <laughs> pumpkin the sound design in this scene in particular like the night the sound of the knife it's almost like scream where the knife even moves a little bit and there's just exaggerated <laughs> night shing, shing, and he's just swinging it around it's so good well and then i love when he pulls it out and it's like that shot of like the knife like right next to charlie's face and he's like <gasps> yeah she's like what the fuck that's when i would have got the hell up and gotten out of there man oh for real and chocolate on the brain yeah and then uh this is when like charlie's like eating a candy bar but then all of a sudden he starts like feeling kind of weird like he starts coughing and he's like oh yeah that reminds me there's another rule and he's like always check your candy and then yeah uh that's when like <laughs> he goes to say trick or treat and then charlie fucking just like throws up everywhere oh, it's so gross man and just when you uh, think he's done throwing up he just keeps going and going and then there's that that overhead shot of all of the puke all over the stairs i'm just like oh god it's so disgusting it's so fucking <clears throat> gross <laughs> he's got so, it all over his face that's that's a hard kind of a hard scene that's grosser than anything else in the movie i agree it's all that chocolatey p- puke uh, chocolatey bloody i feel like it's blood it's just, too yeah 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 a little reddish tint to it it's disgusting <clears throat> so gross because then when he like drags it he starts dragging the kid into the house because he's dead now because yeah. he poised he drags him into the house and he's like still kind of vomiting on him because he's got Ugh. it like all over his shirt he's got like blood on his shirt now and i love like the three kids uh from like the later story show up and they're like banging on the door and they're like, they're like, we can see you in there. Open up the door. And he's like, just a minute. <laughs> he screams at him. <laughs> then they all scream when he opens the door. And they're like, oh, it's just the principal being a goofball. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so shit the, all over his shirt. 
fucking great because they sit yeah because he opens the door they just start screaming he's like whoa no no stop and they're like haha very funny they're like nice costume principal wilkins <laughs> and he's like oh yeah it's almost like he forgot that he had the shit all over he's like oh uh yeah yeah my costume yeah that's right <laughs> yeah and then uh they're like asking him if he's got like a pumpkin that they can borrow and he's like you're not gonna smash it are you and she's like no we're doing a scavenger hunt for unicef <laughs> yeah she's like uh did that work good 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 enough reason for you <laughs> uh so they end up like taking candy from him and though you can tell like the chip like chip he's kind of suspicious because he's like looking yeah. at the principal and then he sees like all the the blood and the fucking puke on the stairs yeah, they do that close up on his face and he's like uh something's in something's not right here yeah he's like happy halloween and he yeah. just like leaves and then you see sam and i have to say sam is adorable yeah that's <laughs> I know what makes a... that character work so good because he's just like a cute little kid but he's like evil at the same time dragging his little bag down the stairs so cute because like he just walks up and wilkins is like you want one and he just like i like how he just snatches it out and then just walks mm-hmm. back dragging his little bag so cute yes. i mean he he is vicious but he's adorable oh yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah that's by design man he did a good job of making him that way yep so uh yeah then we get to we get wilkins and he's burying the bodies in his backyard and uh <laughs> his kid his kid keeps screaming from the upstairs window and he's like dad that's one of wanna... the funniest gags in the whole movie where he just keeps on coming back and saying more shit he's like all right go inside <laughs> he's like i need you to help wilkins. me with the eyes <laughs> yeah he's like because he's like Go in and watch Charlie Brown. And he's like, Charlie Brown's an asshole. And he's like, yeah. Billy Wilkins. <laughs> he's worried about him cussing, but not like chopping up heads. <laughs> right. Because he's like, you'll wake up the neighbors. He's like, stop screaming. And then that's when uh, the next door neighbor, uh, Mr. Krieg's dog starts barking from, because there's like a little hole in the fence and he like starts barking at him. So he cut, which I'm like, why did you think this would be a good idea? But he cuts off, he takes the shovel that he's using and cuts off one of like the, body's fingers and throws it to the dog it's like did you really think that was a good idea if somebody finds that finger you're fucked yeah exactly Um, (laughs) so then you hear uh mr krieg come outside looking for the dog and then one of the kids that's in like one of the bags is still alive and starts making noise and he's like who the hell is that he's like i've got an nra membership in my pocket (laughs) and he's and then he's like and a shotgun above my fireplace and uh, Wilkins is like, oh, it's just me. And he's like, what are you doing down there? Burying bodies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, no, my septum, or my septum, my septic tank. Uh, oh, yeah, because he's like, it smells like shit over there. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I believe he says, it smells like a dead whore out here. Yeah, this is what he says, a dead whore. Yeah. It's so good. That actor's great. And then he's like, and keep your fucking kid out of my yard. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> he's such then, a good such a good grump i think is that the dude from succession is it the dad in succession he's like I a believe. really prominent actor like a talented actor oh yeah because he's in the ring he's in uh mm-hmm. red eye he's in a lot of like horror related stuff for sure yeah. um no he's great in this and then <clears throat> mr wilkins is like principal wilkins is like well happy halloween he's like screw you yeah <laughs> grumpy bastard yeah he so then his though do what i said he gets his though I feel like everybody in this movie gets their just yeah. desserts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, the only ones that I'm rooting for in this movie are like the the four girls that become werewolves. Those are the only people that I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Do it. And Sam, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Rhonda. We like Rhonda. 
I'm a Rhonda yeah. stan. She's Which cool. one's the I have I try to remember the actual character's name. Which one's Rhonda? Rhonda's the one that they play the prank on. Oh, the witch girl. The witch girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, she's good. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, fucking Wilkins is still trying to kill the kid in the the hole, and as he's like going to like kill the kid, his son comes to the window, and again he's like, "Oh yeah, don't forget to help me with the eyes." <laughs> that little shit. Old Dennis the Menace looking kid. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then we get that shot of uh Wilkins going back or going to go back inside after he's done burying the bodies. I love how he has like a little lawn gnome and he's like planting like a tree there. Mm-hmm. Uh and he goes back to go he goes to go back inside and he sees like Mr. Krieg from across the uh yard, like trying to like signal for him at the window, and he's like, screw you. <laughs> and just oh, goes yeah. inside oh that's another cool thing how they kind of time jump like that because he's actually yeah. getting fucking just attacked in that goddamn house so that we, yep. but we don't see it till later which is so cool it is cool because then you see like something like jump on him and like knock him away from the window which is just so cool mm-hmm. so wilkins goes back inside and i like how that he does like this little pov of like him looking at the knife on the counter he goes to grab it and this is like a really good jump scare i remember like this if i'm not paying attention and like if I'm like doing something while this movie is on and I'm not paying that jump scare still scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Cause, oh hell yeah. Because he goes to grab the knife off the counter and then his kid jumps up in like this fucking mask. Mm-hmm. And uh he's like, Can we go carve the jack-o'-lantern now? So they go downstairs into the basement. And I like how like they play this trick of us thinking that he's gonna kill his own son. Oh yeah, that's what I thought the first time I saw it. I was like, Yeah, absolutely. And as they pan down through the basement, you can see all like the weird shit, like the sulfuric acid and all of his weird supplies. Yeah. But yeah, you think he's going to, you're like, is he going to kill his fucking kid? Like what the hell's going on here? (laughs) Cause he's like, I think he, cause it seems like he's to the point where he's just like, I'm so fucking over this kid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the kid's like, don't forget to help me with the eyes. And he's like, I won't. And he like has the knife raised and then he stabs it down. So then he, then you're like, Oh shit, he just fucking killed his kid. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts away. And it shows like the severed head of Charlie from earlier, the one that threw up all over the porch. And it's a really like, good prosthetic too. It looks really great. It looks so good. It, and it's so gross. Cause you see like the little, like, m- like things hanging from like his severed. Oh. Oh, so nasty. <laughs> and they're like spinning it on this little like turntable type thing. And he's like, yeah. don't forget to help me with the eyes. He yeah, holds it's... up that knife like that. The kid, the kid even has that creepy, like, you could tell he's becoming evil too. He's got that creepy little demonic smile on his face. Teaching his kid <clears throat> to become a serial killer, just like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, fucking nuts. Oh, it's so crazy. And I, my, my question is, does, does principal Wilkins only kill kids that don't obey the rules? Because he's very like, cause the thing I find weird about him is that he not only kills kids, but he also kills like grown women. So my question is yeah. like, does he only kill kids that don't follow the rules? As That's what I think it is. I think it's like, if he sees kids that are, you know, being shitty, that's that's how he did they show it. who who was in the bag at first, or was mm-hmm. that just some kid? It was just some kid in a clown costume because yeah. like the sleeve of it is like very mm-hmm. clown. But I think that's what it is. I think that's what his mo is when he goes as far as kids go. Is he only attacks kids that don't follow the rules? Because then, you know, obviously he gets into that big monologue with Charlie on the porch about how his dad taught him to respect the holiday and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's what his like MO for kids is right, as far as yeah. women goes. I think he just attacks anybody <laughs> as no woman is safe. Right. I think he goes for brunettes though. I think he definitely has a type. Yeah. He has a, he has a thing that one, he just leaves right in the middle of the whole 
the whole Halloween parade just slumped up against that um, <laughs> thing after he bites her or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I like how this next scene, the the three kids go to uh, Mrs. Henderson's house and they open the door and she's like, oh, clearly like... Full on party mode. <laughs> fully fucking baked and drunk as yeah. fuck. And she's like, oh, you kids want a drink? And then the one girl, she's got like headgear on. She's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're 12, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they look in the background and they see like two people fucking. One guy's in like a hot dog costume and the other girl's in like yeah. a pig costume. Yeah, it was like and... a total like like drunken orgy type situation. Yeah. <laughs> swinger a bunch of swing like an old swingers or something oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so uh yeah then they get to Rhonda's house they meet up with uh a f- fuck what is his name schrader mm. or schroeder schrader i think it's schrader they meet up with schrader and uh they all go to Rhonda's house and her house is so cool because she's got all these like jack-o'-lanterns in her front yard like hanging from stuff like she's she went all out this year yeah she's she's uh she goes above and beyond that's for sure because they're because uh, they're complaining about not being able to find enough jack-o'-lanterns and she's like oh what about this house yeah i always get so bummed when i see all these like i have a i live in just like on a like a super suburban street and i always want to have them but <clears throat> i have so many squirrels in my neighborhood that i just can't car every time i carve them the entire face is completely eaten off in a day by squirrels so i can't even do jack-o'-lanterns it's such a bummer i guess Damn i keep squirrels. them inside but I like to display them, but damn squirrels. I know those little fuckers take ruin in my Halloween little shitheads. Yeah, no they're, shit. They're cute, but they're annoying. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they get to Rhonda's house and these kids are just you can tell these kids are just assholes because Chip's like, isn't this Ron? Isn't that is that Rhonda the retard? <laughs> <laughs> Can't say they're that just... word anymore. Yeah, yeah. That was a 2000. That was an early 2000s thing. <laughs> anything. Yeah, anything goes, man. That's how it was yeah um and so they pick her up and they they start walking with her and then it cuts to uh the parade it cuts back to the parade and the i like the shot of it like going through this like alley this like really dark alley and it shows like this woman and this man like making out against the wall and uh he's like you know making out with her and he's like in this like a cape like this long cape and like this like mask and uh she's like oh we should go get another drink and he just like pins her arms to the wall he's just being very like ooh mm-hmm. and uh, the girl's like you know she's just like against the wall and then she starts realizing that her like wrists are covered in blood like he like bit her mm-hmm. and so she I like I love the scene how she's like running through the alley and she's trying to get like people to help her and I'm like what perfect time to do this I wonder if he only does this on Halloween that was another yeah, the, the the parade idea is uh it's a really cool framing device to kind of like go back to every time you like switch between all the different stories and stuff mm-hmm. and also you can't tell that actually that's the case with a lot of these scenarios like with sam and with the principal and uh the werewolf shit like you just you never know what's part of halloween and what's actually real you assume it's all just part of the good fun you know yeah yeah and yeah then- that was that was another question I had too because I was like, does he only kill people on Halloween because he can get away with it? Is I'm thinking so. I think it's just like his Halloween, like his yearly tradition to go and just, you know, kill as fuck many people, people as possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wonder if he has like a book at home, like under his mattress or something, where it's like, all right, keeps a I... log or something. Yeah, he's like killed ten people on this mm-hmm. Halloween. Gonna try to up that record next year and kill fifteen. I don't know. It's like <laughs> yeah, he's got like a 
Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy collection of bodies in his backyard at this point, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I like how, you know, kind of like with the whole device of tying these stories very loosely together, she gets out of the alley and she accidentally bumps into he- Emma and Henry from the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And Emma's still, you know, obviously in the robot costume and Henry's like, it's okay, she's just drunk, let's go. Mm-hmm. And so like she leaves. And then the girl like turns around and he's like standing there. And I like how they do like this cool little transition, like of her screaming, he like pulls the cape up and then it like, you know, you just see her like laying against the wall. Uh huh. She's clearly dead. He killed her. And like all these other people are just like going about their business, not even noticing. Cause they're like, yeah, oh, I, lo- I love that. I can't think of a bunch of examples, but I love when things happen in plain sight that yeah. we as the audience know what's going on. It always reminds me of that scene in an interview with the vampire when they go to watch the play mm-hmm. and they're really sacrificing that woman on stage. But, you know, the audience doesn't know. It's, yes. that's, a, that's a lot of fun. Super, uh, super genius to to kind of do that kind of device in like films like this. I, I love that. I don't, don't it, know how, and that's just a testament to good, it's like something that I couldn't even begin to craft where um, everything is so intricately done in yeah. this movie with, I mean, you, you got to think none of these, like everything you're watching on screen was a movie like this has to be extremely planned and yeah. Um, executed perfectly so there's no room for error for all of these little things that go in and out between all of these different segments it's such the movie this movie a movie like this is so much better than it has any right to be you know what i mean right you just break it down it's like oh a guy kills kids and feeds them candy there's a werewolf there's this there's that but it's the execution that makes this so well. Uh, yeah. And that's a perfect example in that scene, uh, in that scene where he, you know, the principal's walking around, he kills that lady. And also it's just like, you already thought he was crazy as fuck yeah. killing people. Um, I, don't, I don't think at that point, you don't really know that it's him, but, um, or do you, I don't think you do. No, you don't know that the principal is that guy. So, you, but then when you find out it's him, you're like, holy shit, not only is he killing kids, but he's also like being Jack the Ripper yeah. out on the town. You know, it's really wild. I love that. But anyway, I interrupted you to go on that oh, tangent, but I no. just wanted to point that out. No, I, I love I love that you brought that up because I was going to bring the, pretty much the exact same thing up. I just think there are, I feel like there are films where there's, you know, you can pick out little inconsistencies that kind of like, that doesn't make sense to this story. That doesn't make sense to that part. Like why? But I feel like they did such a good job as far as like, being detail oriented goes is to making sure all of these like loose ends, like any questions you have are tied up. Everything is so mm-hmm. intricately like put into thought with this film that I'm just like, that's what really sets this film apart from other like anthology type films of this like similar nature is that just this film is like so tightly wrapped up in like a nice little present. And it's just so, I don't know, intricately told and the detail mm-hmm. is, off the fucking charts in this movie oh yeah i like how you know with anthology films like such as vhs like you have like that wraparound story but then every like tape in the vhs franchise is like a different story and that's the case with this one but Uh i like how it's like not just like a jump cut from every like it feels very it doesn't feel like you're Uh watching multiple stories if that makes sense no that's exactly what i brought up with that's no you're you're exactly right that's exactly what i was talking about when i brought up the mortuary collection yeah as far as 
technically this is an anthology, but it's almost not an anthology. Yeah. It's just a story with all these different things happening simultaneously within the night. That's why when you watch like a VHS and I, that's why I always like uh, I tend to gravitate towards writer directors um, because there's just a singular vision. And that's what you get with uh, or treat as opposed to watching like an ABCs of death or VHS where it's so you almost get whiplash from segment <laughs> to segment. And, it, and yeah. everything can feel every segment or every story within the anthology can feel so jarring and different from segment to segment to segment. But this you get the anthology feel of having these different things going on, um, but they're all interwoven in a way that just flows like a good, well-written story. The same thing with like, uh, same thing with like Creepshow, yeah. you know, Creepshow and things like that. You know, I, I just like the singular, uh, singular vision and uh, another plug for Mortuary Collection. You guys need to watch Mortuary <laughs> Collection because it's the same way uh, Clancy Brown plays this um, uh, uh, mortician. And he just tells uh, tells his tales of all the people that have died throughout the uh, throughout the years of the town. But uh, anyway, the the idea of everything, like you said, being interwoven and uh, um, not only do the the stories flow so well since they're all directed by Michael Doherty, they all have kind of the same style. The camera work is really cohesive throughout the whole movie, so you get all this amazing camera work and these cool transitions and these beautiful colors and these intricately woven characters. Um, man, it's just so good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad, I'm glad we're revisiting <laughs> this one because as you're walking through the movie, um, it's just making me think of all these different aspects that yeah. make it so, so great. So it's so good. Like the, just the execution of this film and mm -hmm. the, the style and the, the way they, they transition between all these different because there's really cool transitions like the one that we just talked about where he pulls the cape up uh -huh. and and then it transitions to that next shot and at the it's very really beginning, cool they, in the beginning they do that with the jack-o-lantern where like it's the animated jack-o-lantern yep and then it starts on the and then that shot picks up from the credits into the uh the the very first scene of the movie with the heavily decorated house it pans out and that jack-o-lantern is now the jack-o-lantern that's in front of the house all yes. those those transitions are are really really great so, so good um oh, so good and then we get into personally my favorite actually no i think the werewolf segment is my favorite but this is a very close second because we get into the the, the bus. school bus massacre scene yeah that's probably my favorite too that's so good um and i like how um <laughs> chip is talking to Rhonda about like you know he's like you must really like halloween huh and she's like you mean Sawin? and he's like what and she's like Sawin, and then she goes into this big whole fucking like thing about like <laughs> how the living can uh, move amongst the dead, and how they used to do human sacrifice and stuff. And he's just like looking at her like, "What the fuck?" And then Rhonda's just kind of like, "I like your eye patch." <laughs> is that the whole thing? Like what the Sam Hain thing is derived from, like that mm -hmm. term or something? Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is so like the the pronunciation of Sam Hain is so weird. It's it's people say Sawin or whatever, and I'm just like yeah. that does not look anything like Sam Hain. But okay, yeah, <laughs> it's um, I'm sure it comes from. I don't know shit about all the lore of that, so it's probably like some Latin pronunciation or something weird. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's 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 interesting the way they the way I I like the way it's said though. Sawin sounds cool, but I'm just like yeah. does not match with the way it's spelled, but. Um, and so like they get to this quarry, which is just like this like huge cliff 
that goes like straight down and you can't see the bottom of it. And uh, the the mean girl of the group, the main girl, she starts getting into like this story about how, you know, they're like, oh, is this the place? And uh, he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, this is where the school bus massacre occurred. And the one girl with the headgear, she starts being like, oh, yeah, this is like a town legend. And she's like, can you just shut up and let me tell the damn story? <laughs> it, it gives that classic like campfire vibe, the campfire stories. Like, are you afraid of the dark kind of thing? I love when somebody's just like telling a, a classic ghost story. Oh, it's it's so great. Good. And I love the way they filmed this whole like school bus massacre scene, too, because you get like this cool transition of like these leaves falling and then mm -hmm. it transitions into like this shot of like the school bus driving down the street. And it's very like the the um the tint like vintage looking vintage because yeah. it happened Orange. like 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they put this really blown out where the whites are kind of blown out with this orange tint. So it kind of lets you know, like we're going back to the past uh, for this fucked up story. These parents, you know, massacring their goddamn <laughs> special needs kids. Oh, you know, yeah, which is just crazy. It's so sad because it's like you see all these kids just sitting on this bus and I like their costumes a lot. Like we we talked about at the start where it's like they look very vintage, like early 20th century type of costumes. Yeah. It's That's something so... that I wanted to pick up from Spirit Halloween. They have all of those, or at least like three or four of those, uh, those old school masks that the kids are wearing. Do you got some of them? I have this one. Yeah, that one's cool. I need to get, I need to pick those up, man. I picked this one up for my, I did a trick or treat post on Instagram yesterday, actually, because I have the vinyl. I have the mm -hmm. uh, uh, one from Waxwork. Oh, I have I the vinyl. That. And uh, I used it for one of the photos. I like put it in the frame for one of the pictures, but yeah, that's, that's also cool. where I got this little Sam thing from. I got him from Spirit Halloween uh, the other day too for my mm -hmm. post. But I'm uh, surprised there was any left. I know, right? Because yeah. like he's he's a hot commodity. I'm telling you, like oh. everybody has fucking Sam now. It's like, oh yeah, it's crazy. I'm gonna gather when we get done with this. I have to get my little Instagram post. We're all a bunch of Instagram nerds. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna. I got my table. I'm gonna set up all my stuff because I went crazy with the uh, trick or treat trick or treat merch. He's just such a cool looking character. So <sighs> he's he's but. awesome. I I love Sam. He's like one. He's in my like top probably top like 10 favorite horror icons for sure oh yeah he's, he's so good yeah um but yeah so we get like she's telling the story about how these kids were deranged and you know had a lot of psychological issues and uh these parents were kind of sick of the burden of having to take care of these kids so they basically all got together and got a bunch of money together to pay the bus driver to basically get rid of their you know burden and so, so insane it's crazy and i what mean a kid killing in this movie man <laughs> it's kind of kind of kind of sad yeah. actually but yeah. I, I also think it's kind of ballsy because you yeah because like, I, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like no we can't show children getting murdered in our movies that's so taboo but this i, I don't just... think i had ever seen ever seen that done in a movie um aside from this and hostile 2 when that that uh, guy oh, shoots that yeah. kid in the fucking head but yeah, they don't yeah. do. Uh, yeah, they just play like soccer with his head. Um, but <laughs> yeah. have you seen Hostel too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't see that a lot. And the fact that it's the parents doing it to their own kids, man, because that's back in the day there was a lot less tolerant. They just didn't know what to do. There was no resources to, you know, they they didn't understand it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Mental health was definitely not a commodity back in that time frame. Right. Which which not to jump too far off the the beaten path but 
Um, recently I watched an interview with Jamie Lee Curtis, and this actually kind of does make a little bit more sense as to why she is the way she is in Halloween 2018. I, I do still have an issue with it because I feel like it's a little over the top that she's got her entire house set up like a fucking like prison <laughs> or like a booby trapped. Like I think it's like a little Sarah over Connor. Exactly. But she explained in this interview how like when this happened to, you know, Laurie Strode back in 78, she probably didn't have the resources to get help for the mm -hmm. trauma that she dealt with. And she talks about how like a lot of people back in that day were more like, oh, just, you know, just get over it. You'll, you know, you'll get over it eventually. It'll be fine. And so, like, that's why she kind of explained as to why, like, the events that happened 40 years earlier are, like, so prevalent in her life now is because mm -hmm. she didn't get the proper help she needed, which I'm like, okay, that kind of kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And to go, like, to go back onto your thought about that, yeah, like, the parents probably just didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't mm -hmm. know who to talk to. because Never I feel connected like, with them. Right. Because I feel like they a lot bonded of these. With them. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of these, like, issues like psychological issues like they still weren't being diagnosed at that yeah. like there was like a certain time period where a lot of people didn't know what was going on with their kids or with themselves even so it was like mm -hmm. misdiagnosed of something else you know right. um so i like that whole aspect i like that you brought that up um but yeah so basically the bus driver pulls into like this uh abandoned lot above this like big rock quarry and I like how the whole time he's driving like the kid in the vampire outfit, he's like counting that the addresses to the houses or the streets as he's going by. So you can tell he realizes that something's wrong. He's like, this mm -hmm. isn't, this isn't right. All the other kids are just blissfully just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so like he goes to like, he's handing them all candy and like check. Cause they're all like restrained. Like they have like these chain and like uh, wrist restraints <laughs> mm -hmm. and he's like checking all of them. And the vampire kid is like, he's like trying to get out of him. And I like how the detail of like his hands like bleeding because he's like hurting himself to even get so out of him. So desperately like in panic. Yeah, because he's like home, home. He keeps saying, I want to go mm -hmm. home. And like, yeah, it's so crazy so... how they start freaking out as the panic starts setting in and they just start becoming frantic. It just makes the scene more like heartbreaking and sad. It's so sad because especially when you find out that they were played by actual kids that like had like mental disabilities it's like oh yeah. it makes it even more heartbreaking yeah that's an interesting choice i think <laughs> i i think it would almost have been, well i guess i guess not because they're in masks so and they don't really talk but i felt i feel like it would have almost been more offensive not to have people to have like were... kids acting acting yeah mentally challenged. yeah yeah because uh, i feel like i feel like that's like one of the i mean it's still funny to me in a sense but scary movie how they had an actor play doofy yeah and he's like doofy, not even, yeah and he's not even mentally disabled and it's like and he does the whole con the convention yeah. circuit as dewey too like he's he said fuck it man i'm doing yeah. it forever <laughs> so just like it's like that time period where it's just like you could fucking get away with anything back in uh -huh. that time and it like now you can't because there's like yeah. all these people that are like no that's not okay yeah um but <laughs> yeah so um he ends up getting out of his restraints and then it cuts to like the bus driver he's like still getting candy but then you hear the bus like revving up and the kid's like trying to like maneuver the bus out of the like out of the lot so he can go back home and he ends up ends up accidentally putting the car in drive and the car just i love the car i like how i call the bus a car the bus 
I love this shot of like the bus just going over the cliff and then like the camera like pans to the edge of the cliff and pans down Mm -hmm. and you see like the bus just sinking. Such a cool shot. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they did that practically. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd I'd actually like to look into that because it is really well executed. Because if they did that in CG, like that's amazing. I need to take a look at the shot again. Yeah. Or maybe they used or they even sometimes in shots like that. I'd have to take a look at it again, but maybe like using miniatures or something for wide shots or something. Oh, you know what? That could have been what they did. That's yeah, that's a possibility. But it looked really good. It's it's a well-directed sequence. It's probably like my second favorite shot of the whole film because there's another Mm. shot coming up pretty quick that it's like my number one favorite shot of this film. And it's her. It's the voiceover. She's doing both voiceover too the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that yeah, I I like that too. Me too, and. yeah so then we like we cut back to the present and she's talking about how like eight jack-o'-lanterns for eight of the souls lost like the kids that died on the school bus because she talks about how like the school the bus driver was never found like they don't know what happened to him because you see the bus driver like crawling out of the water and he's looking back at the the water and you see like the masts of the kids like floating up and floating on the water and uh she's like some say the bus sunk so deep no one could ever find it and uh so then she's like yeah so she's talking about like the pumpkins and lighting the pumpkins and putting them at the edge of the the uh the lake to pay their respects to the dead mm-hmm. and so then it cuts back to Lori, and i like the scene of her just like wandering around the parade trying to find a a date yeah and it like shows her like looking at this guy that's in like this horse like this uh centaur costume is that what it is yeah centaur yeah, and, and then she's like, oh, maybe he's the one. And then, like, you see the girl, like, <laughs> which I'm like, the girl got the shitty end of that stick, didn't she? Because she's, like, underneath the fucking, like, <laughs> yeah. body part. And the then I love, yeah. And then I love how, like, she sees, like, what she thinks is a guy in, like, a Viking costume. And then the person turns around and it's, like, a woman. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh. That's, it's a couple, those are some great, those are some great moments, man. Which I totally, I totally do get bisexual vibes from Anna Paquin in this movie. Like she totally gives off, like she could go both ways for me personally. I feel like it, it, whenever they do a character like that, like, like a horror character, there's always like a twinge of that. When oh, you deal sure. with a with a woman, especially in that era too. It was like they like chicks too, man. You know, <laughs> like kind of a broish aspect of it too. Exactly. You know, these gorgeous women that, of course, they they like each other or whatever. But, <laughs> but I think that was kind of overt with Anna Paquin's character too, because she didn't really, she wasn't into dude those type of dudes like the other chicks were. Exactly. You know? That wasn't her thing. She's she's looking for a nice guy. She's looking right. for because she's like, I want that moment to be special. And then Danielle's like, Don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I like how Laurie kind of like sits down and she uh, gets a call from Danielle. And uh, as she's talking to her, she sees like the the vampire guy in the mm-hmm. costume, like staring at her from across the parade. And Danielle's like, I found her. I found you a date. And she's like, is he hot? Or she's like, is he cute? And she's like, um, he has a really nice personality. And then she's like, so he's hideous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then you see like the big like baby guy like sitting against a tree and he's like dressed up in like the baby costume. And she's yeah. like, beggars can't be choosers. Just get your ass down here. <laughs> and so at that point it's really just for it's really just well we're getting to it here in a minute oh well yeah yeah well and then yeah. i love how like she gets off the phone and the one guy from the uh costume store comes up behind her and he's like trying to kiss her and she's like not now andrew and he's like josh and she's like whatever <laughs> <his name. laughs> 
and then you hear like the werewolves start howling and then i mm-hmm. like this transition because then it cuts back to uh chip and Rhonda, and they're waiting for the elevator to come back up because there's like an elevator there's like a rinky dink like rickety crickety however you want to call it this elevator that like takes them down to the bottom of the quarry and i'm like mm-hmm. i don't know if i trust getting into that thing it doesn't no, look fuck very no. like some early 1900s lift from back in the day <laughs> yeah so they like leave chip and uh Rhonda up there because they're like it can only hold three safely so they mm-hmm. like the three the three um main kids go down to the bottom and so as they're waiting for the elevator to come back up they hear the howling of the werewolves and Rhonda's like werewolves <laughs> mm-hmm. and chip's like very funny and so i oh this whole scene is so so brilliant brilliantly executed the location is awesome too i don't i'm is. sure it's a, sta- a sound stage or something but it looks really really great it looks real i would oh, love fog and you know i would love it if they actually filmed on location honestly yeah that, that would have been, been awesome so cool <laughs> yeah it looks really really great yeah because he didn't have all, I don't know how much the budget was for this movie, but he sure made the most of whatever it was. It's a pretty, it looks like a pretty big budget movie for sure. It's very polished looking. Very nice. For sure. But I like this whole elevator scene where they're going down and you can see like the jack-o'-lanterns lit up through the fog and then the kids start screaming and every single like jack-o'-lantern goes out one by one. And the one chip kid's like freaking out. He's like, I want to go back up. And so they land at the bottom. And Rhonda's brave. Rhonda just goes out there. She's like, are you coming with me? And he's like, no. <laughs> and she's mm. like, okay, we'll just stay here. Like the jack-o'-lantern will keep you safe. Like keep the light on. And so she ends up like going and looking around. And this is the shot that I was talking about. That's like my favorite shot of the whole movie. She comes to the edge of like the lake. And then it shows that fucking shot of the bus. Just like kind of like they half it. out of the water. It looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Oh, and there's like a I don't know what's falling it looks like ash or something like there's just like shit falling but yeah. it looks so fucking cool um, yeah he has a vision man he has a real that's that's what I'm saying every moment is packed with as much creativity as possible yeah you know just like I feel like in his mind he just like visualized every shot every transition he wanted to do like mm-hmm. everything was like in his mind and I commend him so much for that because it's just like mm-hmm. such a gorgeous looking film. But uh-huh. she sees the she sees the masks floating in the water. So she like goes to pick one up and then like something comes and grabs her like out of the mud. And I have to say, like, her acting is really good in this. Like the, mm-hmm. the actress that plays Rhonda, like she wasn't in anything else that I could see. Oh, like wow. I, she was in one other thing aside from this movie and she hasn't acted in, in anything mm. since then. That's Please. wild. Every once in a while you see that. I always I'm always curious what the story is behind that when that happens. But she's really good because it's kind of a bait and switch for her character where she ends up kind of being the badass of the moment. Cause she was mm-hmm. like, even though she was the nerd, she was like, that's usually kind of how it all all it is with this when you when you have like a who the, the like the innocent nerd with a bunch of like mean girls or shithead kids. She's like the one that's pure of heart. So she's the one that gets to, you know, gets the pass or whatever. Yeah. Poor girl. They're so mean to her too, because like she's running yeah. and like uh, she comes across Chip and he's like getting his, you know, insides eaten by like one of the, you know, one of the creatures. And so like she she's like getting surrounded by them because there's like three of them. And she ends up like backing into like this little culvert, this little ditch thing. And she ends uh-huh. up like hitting her head and yeah. like knocking herself out. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 
And so like, and that's I another like... aspect. That seems so layered because you, even you get that whole scare part, and then that's just a big, you know, that's a prank too. Yeah. Until the real, until the real shit happens. Yep. Cause then she like wakes up, she's like passed out on the ground. She wakes up and they're like all like <laughs> hovering like, oh, over oh, her. We fucked up. Yeah. They're like, is she dead? <laughs> and yeah. the one girl like goes to like bend down to like look at her closer and she wakes up and like ends up like smacking one of them on the head. <laughs> and yeah. her acting in the scene is so like good, but it's also like really sad because she's just like crying and freaking out. And they're like, it was just a trick. Like none of this is real and uh it's they're just so mean to her yeah as a kid that would be absolutely traumatizing being like played for a fool like that you feel so stupid as a little kid feel so shitty yeah it's like and so like they end up obviously the one bitchy main girl she still is like disappointed that it didn't go the way they want she wanted it to she's like and it was going so well too (laughs) yeah what a bitch she's so so kids are so shitty man they are bullies are such a mainstay in horror there's always like like especially like stephen king style stories when there's a group of kids there's always going to be like a shitty group of like unrealistic movie bullies exactly (laughs) it works it's a good device for storytelling oh for sure and uh so we get like the scene where they're going back to the edge of the lake to gather up all the stuff and um the one girl like ends up kicking the last jack-o'-lantern because he's like this one's still lit and she ends up kicking it into the lake which i'm like shouldn't have done that should mm-hmm. not have done that you dumbass mm-hmm. and so like as like they're gathering stuff up she's like hearing like voices and like giggling and stuff and she's like what and uh chips like or chips like i didn't say anything and uh then they like they hear like all these like voices and get it's so creepy like the way he set mm-hmm. this up so then it cuts back to Rhonda and Trader. And he like Rhonda's like laying in his lap and they hear them scream again. He's like, Oh, not again. So he like goes to see where they are. And uh he ends up bumping in. I think it's Macy, isn't it? I don't know any of the characters' names. I <laughs> I didn't I like I had them down and then I forgot. I was yeah, like, I was gonna say, You're good, man. You remember I don't remember <laughs> oh, that's I never remember characters' names in movies like this. You're like naming off like Chip, Rhonda, blah, blah. Like, I don't remember any of their goddamn like, I remember what they look like. But I- yeah, well, like when I watch the movie, I get it, but yeah. So like, uh, I think it's Macy. Like he, she, he bumps into Macy, and she's like, "There are other people here. Like we heard other people." And then they yeah. see like all the fucking people like coming out of the water and like coming toward yeah. them. It's so creepy, and one of them's like crawling. Yeah. It's like, oh, and yeah, it's so like, so good, man. Ugh. So they run back to the elevator, and Rhonda's inside of it, like sitting there, and they're like trying to get her to open the gate. I like how like they do this little trick where she has the key and she like it looks like she's gonna go to open unlock the gate and she just pushes the fucking up button. So mm-hmm. great. Yeah, she's like, fuck you guys. I'm out of like, here. This is my little vigilante justice against mm-hmm. you guys, little fuckers. And so like and I also like how in this film you never uh see an actual like death on screen. It's always like a cutaway. Uh-huh. Which I which I think is almost like more effective because like you just hear as the ele- you get that cool shot of the elevator rising and you hear like the kids like screaming and like just you hear them getting like ripped apart and mm-hmm. it's like almost more disturbing because you're like oh fuck. oh yeah like, it's just creepy yeah oh it's so yeah so Rhonda gets out of the elevator and then you see sam like watching her from like afar and uh i like how she just like pays him no mind she just puts her hat back on and just keeps walking mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah Sam's so cute. So like, good. And I like how Sam's kind of like an integral part of every single one of these stories. He's always like there in the background, like 
as a witness. Yeah, you wonder if he's like pulling the strings or if he's just an, you know just observing or yeah 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 i I love it and then oh then we get into my personal fate this is my favorite segment honestly i love this like whole werewolf scene because you get this mm-hmm. really beautiful shot of um Lori walking through these woods that are lit up on each side by like a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns gorgeous mm-hmm. shot yeah it looks amazing so pretty and she's like hears noises behind her it's very very red right little red riding hood esque mm-hmm. um and she like turns around and bumps into the vampire guy and uh it cuts back to danielle and she's like where is she and the other girl's like i'm sure she's fine and she's like mom always did say she was the runt of the litter <laughs> <laughs> yeah at that point we really don't know i don't even think they've really they've dropped a couple hints but you really don't know fully what's going on yet yeah and then it's those little, those little hints are nice yep and then it cuts back to uh Lori getting pinned up against a tree and the mm. principal guy's like my my what big eyes do you have yeah yeah it's so good and he ends up like biting her in the neck And then it cuts back to the campfire scene. I love how in this campfire scene, though, you subtly see in the background, like a bunch of like men getting chased around, but it's very playful, almost as if you think that these men are like just playful getting chased around. But no, really, they're getting murdered. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Which I think is really clever because like Mm -hmm. and then if you like pay attention real close, you can actually see like dead bodies laying on the ground already. But you don't you just don't notice it when you watch it the first time. Um. And so it cuts back to like them at the campfire and uh, you see like just this body like fall from the trees. And so they're there and it's in the, the little red riding hood costume. So they think it's like Lori. So they go up and they reveal that it's the the guy in the fucking vampire costume. Mm-hmm. And then Lori just comes out of the trees and she's like wearing like I'm just like, girl, you should have worn this. Like Hell that's yeah. what I was saying earlier, because she's like wearing this like tight, like corset type thing. Her hair's down there- now. She looks she looks really good in this scene. Like, oh, hell yeah! I have to say, the scene makes me very sexually confused as a gay man because the way they <laughs> the way they filmed it, it's very like like when all the girls are like dancing around the fire and like strip. I'm just like, okay, it's so yeah. The girls are amazingly sexy. And Anna Paquin, like they give her like a like a less playful way. It's more like a seductive type of vibe, not just like your like bimbo slutty type of sexy that her like sisters yeah. or friends are. She has a whole different vibe as she gets so her, good. you know, first, uh, I guess she's, a, she's really just a, she hasn't, hasn't had her first kill, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. This is, is that her, what it was? Yep. Yeah. So they make it seem like as if it's, it's like her first, uh, her sex thing, like losing her virginity. Yeah. Right. Um, and I like how like the, uh, maria she goes up to him and she takes off his mask and that's when it's revealed that it's the principal from mm-hmm. like the earlier story and she's like what's your name hon and he's like steven steven wilkins and she's like well i'm glad that you're her first i really am and then <laughs> so like, oh, fuck yeah and i love how uh marilyn manson's manson's sweet dreams are made of this are is played in the background of the scene hell yeah such so a good, good needle drop that scene's amazing with all them like you said like writhing around and doing their transition the first time they show anna paquin she they show her head pop up and she's got the eyes and stuff it looks so cool yeah it's just like such like a it's like a sexy and very disturbing scene at the same time because like it's it starts off with all of them like dancing very slowly and sex sensually around the fire and they're just like stripping off their clothes and then little by little like they start just like ripping their flesh which is so fucking cool like such a cool vampire or vampire very cool werewolf type of like reveal to do because like you don't normally see that 
Yeah. So I thought it's really cool how they're like ripping off their like outer layer of skin to reveal like what looks what it looks like underneath. And it's just like so gross because you get the one shot of the girl putting her leg up on the log and just ripping the entire skin of her leg off. Yeah. So cool. And it's also a cool way to do it, like dealing with budget reasons where so you don't have to show like uh, like a Rick Baker style transition. It's yeah. a good way to like say, okay, we're we're just going to do these little insert shots where you're pulling off the skin. So I'm. It was probably like it's just a. It was a good choice for them too. That didn't cost them a lot of money having to do a full transition. Like you get yeah. what's happening. It's gross. It's like you said. I hadn't seen a transition done like that where they're just kind of just pulling off the skin to reveal the fur and the the wolf stuff. It's a. It was really really well done. So cool. Cause then you get the shot of like Danielle and she like has the back of her um dress like down and the one girl like takes her nail and just like cuts into her back to like yeah, rip yeah. the uh, rip the skin of her back off. It's so yeah. cool. Like Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so cool. And then um Lori's like straddling the uh principal and she's like, My, my, what big eyes you have. And you can tell that she's like transitioning because you see like her spine like start like jutting out. Yeah. Oh, pretty gross. Yeah, it's um, so good. And then it's like shows like her like bite down into his neck. And then you see Sam just sitting there on the log watching it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just loving every minute of it. It's just another cool transition because then it pans up from Sam to like the full like blood red moon. And then yeah. it like uh, this is when we get to the like the final, I guess you could say, segment of the whole uh, film is with uh, Mr. Krieg because it mm-hmm. like goes back to earlier and it shows uh, like the three trick or treaters that witnessed Emma being murdered. They're like mm-hmm. up at the front porch of like this like decrepit looking house. And uh, I like how the scene is shot as well, because like it's very haunted house. Very good. Go- if this scene, this segment is the most goosebumps ish yeah. segment of the whole thing. And I love every second of it because mm-hmm. of just like the campy cheesiness. Of so it. seemingly this goes right back to the moment like they just left Mr. Wilkinson's house and then just they're going next door now. Yeah. 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 Um, And so like it shows like them at the door and they're the door just like slowly opens very creepy and they're like trick or treat. <laughs> and then you just see like the glowing eyes come out and you hear like this, the sound of like an animal running after him. Yeah. And then you find out it's just like the small little fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. His little shit dog. Yeah. And then Mr. Krieg is like, he's like, Oh, good job, boy. Good job. So like they go back inside and um, that's when you hear like the, the giggling and the running around outside he sees like the front gate kind of open and close and then he sees like the flash of sam run by the window and like sam throws an egg i think it's an Mm -hmm. egg right at the window yeah so that's like that ties into the scene where he goes out to the backyard because he hears uh his dog barking so he goes outside Mm -hmm. and that's the Mm -hmm. same scene from earlier with the principal when he's burying the bodies except you see it from uh mr krieg's perspective instead which is just so cool Mm -hmm. yeah really clever yeah I just really like how this scene or just the whole, like we talked about it and, I, and it probably just sounds like we're broken records at this point, but we've talked so much about how just like seamless this movie just goes together and how mm-hmm. like all the different stories like intertwine with each other. But I just like how you get the perspective of Mr. Krieg in this scene where it's like him seeing Wilkins <laughs> through the fence and you can see that Sam's like watching him from afar. Yeah. And uh, so he goes back in the house and the dog is like still barking, which this was another fun fact. Uh, cause he has a whole bunch of locks on his door. I think yeah. it's like, I think it's eight locks total. And the eight locks represent, according to the fact that I read on IMDb trivia, 
uh the eight locks represent the eight kids that he mm-hmm. murdered on that bus so I just oh yeah because that that's kind the of... that's the big reveal that he's the fucking bus driver yep yep yeah which w- which should have been a dead giveaway anyway because the way he breathes because you, you kind of hear it when he comes out of the water mm. from the bus you hear him like you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh so he like ends up locking all the doors and then he sees like the dog barking at the back door and you see like the little doggy doors like moving as if something just crawled into it mm. And so, like, the dog ends up, like, running up the stairs, going after whatever's up there. And then you just hear, like, the dog kind of, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Ugh. So then he ends up going up the stairs with his, like, shotgun. He gets the shotgun off the fireplace. He see, And then I love this, like, reveal when he goes into the bedroom and that fucking jack-o'-lantern in the corner just, like, <laughs> like lights yeah. up with fire. And you yeah. just see, like, all over the walls, it's written trick-or-treat. Uh, give me something good to eat like everywhere yeah. so and cool is it written in the dogs does the dog die i think the dog dies doesn't it? i assume so is is the stuff that's written on the walls is that in the dog's blood i am i assume it would be yeah Yikes. i need to look up i need to look up on the uh there's a website called does the dog die <laughs> yeah yeah i was just gonna I bring that, to, say that. <laughs> to check it out because i don't think they don't show it but i think you're you're kind of assumed does the dog die.com yeah yes, does the I dog die.com <laughs> yes i do think the dog dies in this one <laughs> mm-hmm. but um r.i.p doggy i know but uh yeah so then he's like looking up at the at the walls and the ceiling and then you see like the shot from under the bed of like the fucking something just slitting the back of his foot so he mm-hmm. falls to the ground and i love this like whole like the way sam's revealed he's just see his hand come up over like the bed and then he yeah. stands up and he's like who are you and then he like holds up like the candy bar, which has like a razor blade stuck into it, which is mm-hmm. super creative. And so he like goes to shoot him and he shoots the jack-o'-lantern out instead. And he ends up like just like hobbling out of the room and he tries to go. He tries to go down the stairs and ends up like slipping and tumbling down the stairs. And then you find out that there's fucking like glass and like candy and razor blades like all over the floor right there. So he's like all like his hands are all like fucked <sighs> His hands like home alone style. Oh God. Yeah. So he like ends up like trying to get to the front door. He's like trying to unlock the the doors, but his hands are like all cut up. So it's hard. I like how you see like in the background, you see Sam just like hanging from the ceiling behind him. So cool. Does Um, he have his mask off at this point? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, And so like, he's um, trying to get the door and like (laughs) Sam just jumps onto his back and starts attacking him. And I love how he like throws him, throws him down. Uh, and then he goes, that's when he goes to the window. That's when he's trying to get Wilkins mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. And um, you see, like all of a sudden you see Wilkins go inside and you see like Sam just jump back on him again. And then he throws, he throws Sam down, shoots him with the shotgun. I love the little, there's like a little sound that Sam makes when he shoots him too. He goes, woo, or something. I don't know what the- <laughs> there is. Yeah. It's so hilarious. <laughs> It's so cute. Little childlike sound. Yeah. Um, oh, well, then no. Then he like tackles into the ground, and that's when he rips his mask off. And it mm. reveals that he's like this, like, he has like a jack o' lantern skeleton looking face underneath, which I know it's supposed to be like scary and disturbing, but it's actually pretty fucking cute. <laughs> I still think he's cute at that point. Yeah. Sam's just adorable. Because he's just so tiny. I know. He's got that big old dome. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up like taking the shotgun and just shooting him. And he like goes flying against the wall and uh, Mr. Creed gets up and goes up to him again and shoots him a couple more times, one through the chest and the other one like through one of his like hands. And like, you can see like all the 
he's made out of like a jack-o'-lantern but like pumpkin material because like you just see all like the what should be blood and guts is just like pumpkin seeds and like the gush from like the pumpkin yeah he's like a pumpkin scarecrow or something it's pretty cool um and then you see like him like trying to dial 911 and like in the background you see like the cord being pulled to the yeah the uh, phone jack yeah and uh (laughs) all of a sudden the fucking hand the severed hand just stabs the the fucking uh candy bar makeshift mm-hmm. uh shank into his foot just like yeah damn just inflicting all this pain man it's, Sam it's so is nuts brutal oh mm-hmm. yeah and he's small too so like he can't do like it takes a few takes some to, some effort so you get a bunch of like these small like painful injuries it's just yeah. this little guy you know oh and then uh he, he ends up like kicking the hand away and then you get the shot of the hand just like like popping back yeah. up and like the fingers are moving yeah and uh the, i love how the fingers like move towards sam and it's like i love how it like pokes his leg as to like wake him up it's like mm-hmm. wake up mm-hmm. and then you see like the whole hand kind of like start getting mended together again and mr creek's like you've got to be fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up like crawling towards like this table he's like trying to get like this alcohol bottle and he like smashes the bottle because he like tries to stab Sam with it, and then Sam just grabs his arm and like breaks it. It's just like, damn. Yeah, it's fucked so up. fucking brutal. And then he like has he takes like a bite out of his half-eaten sucker. So then that's how you get like the iconic weapon that he holds throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like he's gonna stab Mister Krieg, but he ends up just like stabbing into like one of the. <laughs> he has like a candy. He ends up like stabbing into one of the candy things, and it's like if that's all he wanted, like damn, that's some. A lot, that's a lot of unnecessary uh <laughs> pain and suffering you're inflicting just for a piece of candy yeah. but i think like at the end of the day he just like he's just like a kid he wants the candy he wants to enjoy halloween like that's his deal yep and he's like yeah. well you disrespected by not decorating and not having any jack-o'-lanterns up or giving out candy so mm-hmm. this is my revenge mm-hmm. so i love how like he just <laughs> takes the candy bar and walks out and then you just see the door open by itself and then shut behind him <laughs> yeah it's so cool so cool like a uh, mic drop moment man when he takes off yeah so good and then uh mr krieg like a little bit later on he you get like a couple of trick-or-treaters at his door and he opens it up and he's like all bandaged up like he's got a sling on his arm and his face yeah. is all bandaged and i love the one little girl where she's like nice mummy costume mr krieg <laughs> <laughs> he's like fuck yeah <laughs> so like he like she go they go running off and then he sees sam like watching him from like across the street and then this is when you get like all the stories intertwining together at the same time because he looks over at mr uh wilkins house and his son is like passing out candy to the trick-or-treaters and i like how his son's got like a little mini costume like similar to the one that wilkins is wearing like the the blood on Mm -hmm. the sleeve and stuff yeah yeah um and then it shows like the wagon being pulled by Rhonda across the street and that's like the wagon that we see from the beginning and then the car that almost hits the uh, hits Rhonda with the wag and the wagon is the girls from the werewolf scene. Mm-hmm. And they're they're like all back to normal, you know. They look all yeah. like oh, um, and I believe I even believe Anna Paquin's like still like like licking her lips and shit. Like she's like doing this and like mm, you know Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, so cool and- the way everything everything kind of just wraps up all, uh, you know, all at one time together like that not in a nice little bow for us. right exactly yeah that's the, yeah that's the way to do it it's very nice and then uh mm-hmm. 
yeah, you see him go back in the house and you see him like burning the, this is when the reveal is that he was the bus driver. Cause you see like the reveal of him, uh, burning all the photos in the fireplace of like the kids yeah. from the school bus massacre thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then he, and then you see Sam, like see the couple from the beginning too, Emma. And she, like, he watches her blow out the jack lantern. He crosses the street to go take care of his business mm-hmm. elsewhere. Um, That's so cool. And Mr. Krieg just watches him. He's like, I'm not getting involved in this again. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's so good. Very yeah. few movies wrap everything up like that and just try as hard to make uh, an original story. The way he wraps everything up is just so perfect, man. So nice. Because mm-hmm. then you get, like, this really nice end scene where Mr. Krieg opens up the door and you see all the fucking kids from the school bus the massacre standing on the porch. And uh, then it cuts it cuts away to like another comic book illustration of like what it looks like when they attack him. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. That Oh, yeah, that is cool. They don't actually show it happen. They show the comic book deal. That's really cool. Yeah, because you hear him like scream and then it like yeah. cuts to like the comic book version. And you see like his arm like sticking up amongst like all these like the kids that are surrounding him and murdering him, which is just so yeah. Cool so fucking badass so cool and yeah that's trick-or-treat guys that's hell yeah perfect fucking movie to put on during the holiday perfect family fun so (laughs) very family oriented your kids will love it you know there's a little bit for everybody there's you know blood there's comedic moments there's boobs there's werewolves there's you know zombie ghost children you know this film has it all so but what's it's not really what's cool about it is it like you wouldn't want really young children watching it, but it's like almost like a gateway horror movie that you could watch. Cause it's not, I yeah. mean, aside from some of the boobs and stuff like that, it's not extremely graphic. It's not no. like overly disturbing. It's just uh, more than anything. It's just, it's just fun. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up before we get into the ratings? Man, I think we, we covered it all, man. This was <laughs> super in depth, man. We really, yeah kind of covered it all i i don't think there's anything that i felt was left out in the in the conversation we covered it all man yeah that's kind of that and i probably should have forewarned you beforehand that that's kind of what i do on this podcast is like uh because the the first episode that you did with me we did a top 10 list so it wasn't quite as uh extensive as far as like detail orientation stuff goes but like when i do my you know movie discussions i i do like scene by scene type of thing oh yeah so you're probably like, no, I like, here it. like wow <laughs> no it's cool i like it i like going through the whole movie it's like re- reliving the whole the whole flick yeah it's fun i i enjoy it um and it, and it's fun for people because i've had people in the past tell me that they don't like horror movies but they like listening to my podcast because i go into like depth about every movie that i talk about so they're like it's almost like i'm watching the movie without actually yeah, watching like it living yeah. vicariously through the through the <laughs> through the podcast <laughs> you don't have to actually watch it yeah exactly yeah so, Although I can't, I, I don't, I can't imagine anybody who doesn't like horror movies that listens to a, a detailed horror movie podcast. But I guess to each their own. I think it's just like people that are too scared to watch the film. No, but like yeah. have like a you know that general curiosity. You know. I think this, like, if 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 that is the case for somebody like that, I think this would actually be a good one to start with because it's I just agree. more fun than anything. It is. It's so yeah. fun. It's got scary moments, of course, but it's just a good time. Like I said, like this is this film just has like a smorgasbord of everything. If you yeah. you know, you want werewolves, you want 
you know, ghosts, witches, all that kind of stuff. Like, it literally has everything. So serial killers, <laughs> vampires, monsters, demons. It's everything. Yep. Yeah. All the good stuff of the season wrapped into wrapped into one nice package. So good. So good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that being said, Justin, would you like to get into your ratings? Uh, I've got two separate ratings. So I do a story rating out of 10, which is just like the basic, just the storyline and then the mm-hmm. quality rating, which is, you know, cinematography, acting, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, practical effects, all that. Uh, yeah. And I, I just do it out of like a rating out of 10 basis. So if you want to want to start us off with that, I think if I were to rate this, it, it this is this movie's special, man. This isn't your average horror movie. So it, it seems kind of crazy. Like I almost just want to give it both of them 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of do like as far as the story, it's 10 out of 10. I don't think oh, you for can sure. for as far as horror goes, it, it's 100% just 10 out of 10. If you go for the like, the technical stuff where you're talking about the filmmaking and cinematography, if I compare it to like what I think is like a, a like kind of a perfect movie like The Shining or something like that, it may not be quite up there as far as like you know, a Kubrick or something like that, but it's definitely right. fun, so I'd give it a 9, like a, maybe a a a 9 9.5 as far as the technical, cause it's still way up there with how intricate it is. Oh, yeah. But I think a lot of that, a lot of that is just, it's kind of just due to the script and the writing. Yeah. So, but as far as the execution of it, um, it's easily a nine, 9.5 for me. hundred percent. It's a good, that's a good rating. I, I, mm. I'm going to say the same thing. Um, I'm going to give the story at a, a 10 out of 10 uh, with everything that we discussed earlier, not getting back into it again to sound like a broken record, but it's just, you know, the, the way he ties everything up, the way he tells the story, so cohesive, um, so much fun to watch on like a second run through or even a third and a fourth. Like you just pick up on things that you never would have picked up on the first time you watched it. And I just I love the attention to detail with the story. I love, you know, and and I think I brought this up earlier, too, with like certain anthology films like such as this one like i just feel like there are a couple of duds like in between like even the vhs franchise is not perfect like in mm. the first vhs movie in the se- even like in all of them there's certain segments that i'm just like okay i could go without that one but this one every single segment is so good mm-hmm. like there's not a single skip in this film for me and for that uh reason i'm going to give it a 10 uh, as far as quality goes i'm also going to give it a 9.5 um Cause I just, I think the acting is amazing. I think the cinematography, as you said, isn't like a Kubrick or a John Carpenter, but I think what, um, Brian Dotary does so well is he like, he has such a vision for creating shots and transitions and mm-hmm. the, I think his shots and transitions are so uniquely to him you know Mm -hmm. because like you get that john carpenter style that is uniquely john carpenter you get that wes craven and i feel like brian dotary has the same kind of michael i don't want your fans to go crazy on you michael doherty did i what was i saying brian oh my god i think you you must have been thinking brian singer or something from the producer or something yeah fuck i'm sorry guys yeah (laughs) i don't don't want them coming for you man i remember names for some reason (laughs) I, I, I was confused for a second because I was like, yes, because you like said my name and I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you want to interject Michael. something? <laughs> Michael, listen to me. <laughs> so yeah, Michael so, Doherty. Michael Doherty, sorry. Uh, yeah. My bad. Um, 
<laughs> but uh yeah we were just talking about how i'm good at remembering names clearly i'm not um but no he does he does such a good job i i think this is a near near perfect film of its like kind and its caliber for sure yeah. so but yeah um and then we usually get into the imdb do we believe that the score rightfully deserves that and i think we talked about it at the beginning i think it deserves at least a 7.5 or an 8 out of 10 i'd like to know the uh what's the um I don't know if you can look it up, but I would, I would, I would guess that the letterbox score is much higher. Like IMDb is for a lot of like normies that stumble upon stuff and go on IMDb. I bet I would guess the letterbox score is probably like an eight. Uh, let's be. see. Because IMDb, man, they're pretty harsh on shit. Yeah. Um. Does it do? I think it. I think it's uh five out of five, right? The the rating yeah. for. The rating uh, on uh, Letterbox is out of five. It is a three point six out of five. Well, that's still a little low, I think. I know. I agree. I think it should what, at least. What be the a... What the hell's going on? I, that's 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 interesting. I'm surprised it's not at least a four or like a three point eight. Yeah, Maybe I would give it a four point five. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Maybe this movie isn't. Um, that's interesting. I'd I'd like to look into some reviews. I thought this was kind of universally loved. Yeah, well, in all the like some when I was like scrolling down a little bit just now, I've seen like fives and fives and a couple of fours, but so I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why it's a three point three point seven, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, I personally think it deserves at least an eight, an eight on mm-hmm. IMDb, like a seven point five or an eight, because this movie is fantastic. It's incredible, and I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, perfect 100%. scene to to perfect scene and perfect episode to end out the holiday. Uh, festivities i i'm so yeah. glad that i i saved this episode for last just because i just feel like it's the perfect way to round out the halloween season um, yeah other i think others people would argue that halloween from 1978 is probably the best way to round out but i wanted to do that one first because i didn't want to like do the stereotypical like oh i'm gonna well, say also halloween for last with halloween ends and all that discussion at like halloween i'm just like i'm halloweened out <laughs> yeah like it's just been it's just been such like so exhausting talking about the new trilogy and halloween ends and everything like that so it's just like i think this is a good one to a good one to do i agree i agree it's just, and it's also just really fun like it's just uh-huh. a fun fun movie to discuss um but yeah guys that was trick or treat and uh justin before we go do you want to let the listeners know where they can find you again yeah, um, the Dead Couch. Uh, my both. I have two channels: uh, the Dead Couch and Movie Watch Daily. And also, I do a. Uh, I do a. It's a live stream. I guess you can call it a podcast. But I do a live stream uh, with My Killer Podcast, um, Mel from My Killer Podcast, and Garrett from Born to Be Rad. Uh, we call ourselves the Rad Pack, and uh, we uh, we just did a uh, spooky movies that made us episode last week. So we did that one, and we've got five or six other episodes where we've talked about Encino Man and. Um, uh, what else do we talk about? Teen Wolf. And we, we talk about all kinds of fun 80s and retro vintage stuff, physical media and, and uh, stuff. So you can check that out on Born to be Rad's channel. Uh, that's nice. the Rad Pack. And then as far as my channel's movie watch, um, I'm getting ready to I'm in currently editing my uh, House of the Dragon review. So that'll be out uh, maybe later on tonight or tomorrow. And then I never really plan too far ahead. There'll be more re- movie reviews coming up. So check me out on movie watch daily and the dead couch very exciting stuff yes please go check justin out because you are incredible my dude i love your content i think thank you you're 
amazing. And I love every time you come onto my podcast, I'm looking forward to you coming on my podcast again at some point. So thanks, man. I, I am. Um, thanks for having me for this one. Cause this is such a fun movie. So this is a great episode to be on always, you know, anytime you need me, man, I'll, I'll pop on. This was, this was a good time. Always a good time, brother. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you again, Justin. And, uh, yeah, before I go, you can find me at uh, the We Love Horror Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I do have a TikTok and special announcement. And I was telling Justin this before we started the episode. I am starting my own YouTube channel up as well. Yay. Um, and it's going to be called Anything and Everything Horror, which I just thought was kind of like a clever, clever thing. Because I usually use that as my tagline at the start of every episode of my We Love Horror Podcast. And so I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, incorporate that. So yeah, it's going to be called Everything and Anything Horror. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about various horror stuff and, you know, movie reviews, uh, reactions, similar to what Justin does on his channel, uh, which I'm very, very pumped and excited to do. So look out for that, guys. And then uh, I do have merch. I have a Patreon. Uh, we love horror podcasts. You can find me on uh, Instagram. Like I said, just click the link in the bio. You can find everything you need to find on there. And yeah, with that being said, uh, we're going to get out of here. And uh, thank you again, Justin, for coming on. And we hope you guys have a safe and happy Halloween. Happy <laughs> Halloween, guys. <laughs> See you guys. Be safe. <laughs>